Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Right, hold that, Matt. I'll do the intro. It's professional. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Tuesday Night Joe from Northampton Services. As I put my seatbelt on. You got your seatbelt on Matt? I do, I am present, safe and correct. Good. Mainly. So we've just done um, a progress show, chapter 77 in London, and now we have another three hours to spend in the car together and we've exhausted all of our conversation topics, <laughs> which are essentially complaining about everything in the world. Um, uh, and now um, we're going to drive. I'm going to drive Matt home to Manchester, and then I'm going to go home to my house. Um, forgetting I've got to be up at seven a.m. tomorrow morning. There, there's there's the first question. No, I don't live with him. No, I'm not his adopted son. <laughs> um, so yeah, the first thing you'll notice is this podcast might have some background noise because I'm about to drive on the M1 at exactly seventy miles an hour. Um, uh, Matt's holding the microphone, and Matt is reading the questions from Twitter um, because I'm obviously a safe safe driver. Um, and uh, I nearly ran someone over in the car park there, and that would have been hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't my fault, she wasn't looking where she was walking. But imagine if there was just a bump. I mean, I'd probably edit it out, but you never know. Um, so, uh, yeah, a couple of plugs. First of all, we're on the Distraction Pieces Network. Uh, check out everything on the network, it's all lovely. And also, uh, progresswrestling.com, demand-progress.com, and more importantly, jimsmormon.com slash book think of my book for all your Christmas book buying needs also available on Audible uh, and on uh, Kindle I said this on the podcast last week and then uh, I immediately had two messages from people going it's an audiobook version yeah yeah literally it's on Audible Um, uh, so I don't know how people aren't aware of it because I think I banged on about it the three days I was recording it Is it it you doing the voiceover for it? yeah it's me oh I would have totally got someone like Stephen Frying or something like that, you know. I mean, it would have been better if I. I mean, by that point, I was legit bored of the book. <laughs> like, I love the book, but I'd I'd written it and then edited it and re-edited it, and then I had to spend three days reading every single word in it, which is pretty rough. So, um, yeah. But you know, uh, but yeah. Please buy the book. Um, it helps feed my children. Um, uh, and. Um, I'm joined today by uh, Matthew Taylor Francesca Richards, who's just fresh from commentary today. I am, yes. Um, uh, and um, is now my passenger, as he often is on the way back from uh, shows in London. Yes. Um, both by keeping me awake 
um, uh, and because uh, he's legit my mate and I like hanging out with him. This is the only time we ever see each other now. Like, that's not even a joke. That's just no, like being cute uh, because uh, we're both busy men. Uh, one may be more busier than the other, but... No, I mean, you're definitely the busiest. Yeah, that's what I was uh... hinting at, but yeah, sure. Uh, but yeah, no, it's nice. This is our, our six hours together. <laughs> At the crack of dawn, where yeah. delirium sets in very quickly. I messaged my wife and went, my ETA home is about 3am. Um, <laughs> All that's early. Uh, I think she was like, You've, when did you leave London? Well, I left London at half past eight and we stopped and got food and then we just stopped again so you could have, in your exact words, a tinkle out of your winkle um, because you are yeah. six. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, and now we're on our way again. So, um, so again... This is a podcast recorded whilst driving in a Fiat 500X. That's what I drive because, you know, you might think you might think I'm earning the big bucks, but uh, I am driving a leased Fiat. Um, very, uh, very sensible and affordable. Yeah, I've got Ashton Surf now, though, so, you know. Just like your book. <laughs> <laughs> it is affordable. Um, so, I got people to tweet us questions. Um, and I must stress, today's been a, a, a weird day for me. And I mentioned this at the start of the progress show today. I am a huge Leicester City supporter, um, and we just—I've literally just found out as we stopped uh, about what we suspected, which is the the death of uh, of uh, Vichai, the, the the chairman and the owner of Leicester City Football Club, a man I've met on a few occasions, a man who's always been lovely to me, always been lovely to everybody I know, always been lovely to every single Leicester City supporter. And I, I wore my Leicester shirt for the the progress show today. And, and some people might think sports silly. But I live a long way away from my hometown, and I love my football club. Um, and a lot of how I approach football is how I approach wrestling in terms of how I think shows should be presented and stuff like that. So um, it, it genuinely shocked me yesterday that the helicopter accident that happened in Leicester. Um, obviously, because I have friends and family are at the game as well, so I was worried about them, and then obviously worried about the owner and his family. Um, and we found out he's passed away, and, and genuinely wrestling cheered me up today I did not I said this to Matt before we started recording I didn't feel like doing a progress show today I didn't feel like leaving home today um, uh, but I went and I, I did wrestling stuff and I felt better and I, I think we had a good show today and it was yeah. you know uh, and about halfway through the show I realised it was a really good show because before that my, my brain was just in a fog but if you did come to the progress show or if you tweeted me nice stuff today thanks a lot it means a lot to me so um to continue just you know trying to be positive and be happy we thought we'd do this Q&A while we're driving along because me and Matt don't get much time together no. so um, the proviso is as always if you ask us a really stupid question I won't answer it um, uh, uh, but Matt's filtering them as he goes and he knows the filters that I work along um, uh, but, um, <laughs> or does he <laughs> I mean he's not editing this podcast so I can edit out everything yeah, he says that, yeah. so then what's our first question Matthew we are off to a flyer with uh, favorite 90s Syria A footballer. So, someone who played in Syria A between 1990 and 1999. Thank you for clarifying what the 90s was. <laughs> hey, there's kids out that weren't even born in the 90s. So. Uh, who did I really like? Uh, I liked. Uh, I liked Tino Aspria. Yeah, good shout. Because I used to love Palmer. Yeah, Palmer were Everyone a good went for team. a Palmer phase. Uh, they had Lurim Taram and Cannavaro and Buffon and um, yeah, cracking. You managed to make Buffon sound French then. Buffon, Buffon. Um, uh, I also really liked Freddie Rincon when he was at Napoli. Oh shit! Um, uh, <laughs> I there was a there was a, a 
football shop in Leicester that me and my mates used to go in on a Saturday afternoon. And we'd go in and we they always had like really bizarre football shirts for cheap. So I go in, but they printed them in there. So I'd always buy them and have them printed. And I, um, I remember buying. I bought some mad shirts in there. I bought a Napoli shirt and had ring comp on the back of it. Yeah, yeah. I remember doing that. Um, can't go wrong with Batistuta. Oh, Batty goal, yeah. textbook. Um, what a player! And it's to the point where it annoys me that Lionel Messi exists because he should <laughs> and Diego Maradona because he should always be classed as the greatest Argentinian footballer of all time um, a phenomenal player well, always really good in Pro Evo oh well not, not as good as Christian Vieri was in one of the Pro Evos where Christian Vieri was essentially unfair yeah it was like having Braun Strowman playing up front for you do you know what I did, um, uh, I really enjoyed when Batistuta went to Roma you know when Roma basically bought the league it yeah. wasn't it Capello as manager that was like early 2000s and it was him and uh, Vincenzo Montella that played yeah. up front the, the archetypal like big man little man combination what, what I a... love a good big man little man oh, yeah, strike yeah. force speaking as a man who supported a Leicester team that had <laughs> Emil Heskey and Tony Cotty as their strike force for Sex a long time. Uh, I think mine is really boring um but I'll explain why because I, I was so I'm a massive football Italia fan. Um, like James Richardson is is my actual hero. Mm. Like no one in wrestling even becomes. I could meet Stone Cold Steve Austin and be like, "All right, Steve." But if James Richardson walked in a room, I'd probably lose my collective. I wonder shit. if I wonder if he's a wrestling fan because I know uh, Gabriel Marcotti is. Yes, we follow each yeah, other on Twitter yeah, yeah. and I occasionally talk to him about wrestling. Um, and I've invited him to progress shows, but it turns out he's always too busy on a Sunday watching Italian football. I know. And I like their podcast as well Galazzo is wonderful um, But yeah so I, I, There's a lot of players that I, li- I liked That was probably a little bit like lesser known But the one player that made me Watch Italian football with my dad Every week was George Ware Oh that goal from a corner That's exactly it The goal where he's On a terrible on a terrible San Siro pitch Yeah As, because in the 90s was when like they'd not figured out how to water and put sun no. on that pitch and they're gone it's almost like they're gone these stands are a bit big it's, why is there no grass <laughs> this is the best thing about that goal is it's the best and worst goal ever scored because if you like when you when you first watch it and when I watched it as a kid I was like he's literally ran the length of the pitch and beat every single player in the opposition team who I can't remember even who they were playing against but then you go back and watch it Lecce and the defence I, I bet it was Lecce and yeah. if I'm wrong Answers on a postcard uh, at Jim Smallman. But if you go back and watch the defending, it's nearly as bad as the Argentinian defence trying to take down Michael Owen in 1998. Uh, If they were a wrestler, I would book them on every show because they made him look like a megastar. But yeah, George Ware was just like that wonderful, untamed, wild man that could only exist in like 1990s football and especially in Syria. Right. Are you ready for the next question? Yes, we're good. Uh, Favourite progress match this year and of all time? Uh, It changes every day. Mm -hmm. This year, it's one of three. It's either... All of them have got Walter in. It's either either Walter against Timothy Thatcher or Walter against Tyler Bate from Wembley or Walter against Zack Sabre Jr. from today. Um, Yeah. Uh, I actually think Walter and, and Tim's such a good match and it's 
like Walter and Sabre and Walter and Tyler are, are great matches but they've been built as big title matches for various reasons whereas with Tim it was just I think it was we all know how great Tim is but it, it just went next level bananas from what it was like so, always thought Tyler and Sabre's matches with Walter were going to be great always thought Tim's match would be would definitely be very good but yeah. for it to be as great as it was it was the it was the the, the biggest leap over my already lofty expectations um, so I kind of leaned towards that one a little bit because um, it took me by surprise I, 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 it was great outside of outside of that <clears throat> I think it varies every sort of week like I think uh, Chris Hero Marty Skull is really good I mean they're all really good I mean I, I, I like to not put my name to stuff that's not particularly good um, I like everything I like I'm proud that most things that we do are pretty good um, but so that or the first or the Osprey Havoc title change or the uh, the super any of the super strong star finals ever um, it's hard it's hard for me it's like picking a kid like it's really hard for me to pick a favourite um, Pete Dunne uh, Jack Gallagher I really loved yeah. uh, Will Ospreay Travis Banks I really loved yeah. on that same show on the same show Shame. yeah literally back to back um, crazy and that was like technically last year so they yeah. count as all time but like yeah it's hard for me like it depends on my mood any given day what I, what I choose ok uh, which eight wrestlers I'm jumping in on this one which eight wrestlers past or present would you put in the ultimate Atlas Division tournament so eight wrestlers over the weight of two hundred and five pounds. Correct. Yes. Walter, yes. Number one. Yeah. Tomohiro Ishii, number two. Uh, Dunkzilla, number three. Uh, Trent Seven, number four, because he's Atlas champion now, so he's yeah. got to be there. Um, hmm. Number five. It's really difficult because coming into these cold, and I have no laptop or anything in front of me where I can quickly consult Wikipedia. Um, Minoru Suzuki, number five. Believe he's of weight, so I think that counts. <laughs> not of weight. That makes me sad. <laughs> not saying you fat Minoru. Yeah, please don't say. That's like saying he's of age. <laughs> please don't hunt me down and kill me, Minoru. Um, Samoa Joe, six. Oh, nice. Uh, Chris Hero, seven. I need one more. One more. William Regal, eight. Oh, tremendous. Um, That'd be mine. What's yours? Um, Akiyama. Oh, that's great. Kabashi. Yeah. Tawe. Yeah. Kawada. Yeah. Because Misawa probably wouldn't make weight. He, was, he, was, he wasn't as big as the rest uh, and then facing Dream Team All Japan uh, <laughs> would be oh Scott Norton nice Rampage Brown yeah Volta yeah and Matt Riddle I'm going to put a ninth person in put Yoshiro Takeyama in oh, oh. <laughs> I just saw that now I'm like oh no I'll put Takeyama in Murder Squad oh man I like that. Good, good question, that. Who yeah. was that? Who that was question? Mark Leslie. Cheers, Mark. Cheers, Mark. Um, we should probably say the questions are wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, God, I've got to read people's Twitter names that are all Halloween. Uh, CC Bay, who is at Veggie Warrior XO. Nice. 
clearly a Gossip Girl fan there with the old XO. Uh, <laughs> please don't tweet me. Uh, hi, guys. Safe journey and all that. Uh, what's your essential band to any road trip playlist? I mean, do you want me to answer it for you? or um, uh, Essential band for... Essential band for any road trip playlist. Yeah. Uh, at the minute, it's Idols, because um, not only am I obsessed with them, my wife's obsessed with them, and my two-year-old son. So I showed you the video of him yeah, singing GREAT yeah. before. <laughs> yeah. um, he loves them. He makes me put them on when I'm in the car. Um, and it's a bit weird because um, Joy is an act of resistance. Their current album is only 38 minutes long, which means I, we listen to it a lot. Uh, repeatedly in my car, uh, the most listened to bands are the most the bands I listen to every day. So uh, I listen to Idols every day. I listen to Deftones every day. There I listen to um, uh, I listen to uh, why can't I remember their name? I'm really struggling with names because I'm fucked. Um, Andy Williams's band. Why can't I remember their name? I I know. I listen to hip hop. I know you do. I can't remember. Well, I, I listen to them literally every day and I can't remember their name oh I can't look at my phone either damn you um, he'll come back to me in a minute uh, Andy Williams who, he's a wrestler as well as a uh, uh, oh what every time I die yeah, well, I can't sorry. remember every time I because, die because when you said Andy Williams I just thought it was some random bloke and then I was like oh you mean the unit that is the guitarist of one of the coolest rock bands of all time yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, every time I die Gallows uh, refused that's my hardcore punk quotient yeah um, uh, for my best friend Brody King obviously God's hate because um, uh, he gets angry with me when he realises I don't um, necessarily like I, I, I think Refuse Shape of Punk to Come as an album mm. on the road is up there also the album they released a couple of years ago is really good yeah I mean it's not I mean, it's you've got to bear in mind, their lead singer has been on the Swedish version of Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> yeah, which is which your favourite trivia point. Which is why um, Scandinavia is such a better place the uh, than the UK. Uh, um, I'm going to throw in Alexis on Fire as well. Cause, yeah. Cause, uh, also, there's the Gallows crossover. Yeah, well. yeah, of course. Yeah, wait. Um, uh, we're about to get on the M6, guys. We're doing well. Woo! Uh, uh, get ready for 50 mile an hour speed traps. Yeah. Ooh, um, I sorry, grab me a drink. Um, so... It's anyone else. Um, if I'm travelling along with my with my wife because she doesn't like, as she quotes it, that shouty music you listen to, <laughs> um, we have to put Lana Del Rey on because people who know me well will know I am the uh, largest largest Lana Del Rey fan from the fan base of people who shouldn't be Lana Del Rey fans because I think she's the modern coming of Nancy Sinatra. Anything sad, sign him up. Mm. It's basically this. All right, so we've got at fish chips whips. I mean, it's a cracking combination of, of <laughs> delicacies and wrestling moves. Uh, or bondage. Um, face. slang for cars. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you should know this shit. Someone's come, on, come on, you should know your vernacular of the music. True. The genre of your choice. Anyway, uh, the question is, favourite WWE Network show, in-ring or not, or both? So I'm assuming that's favourite network show, at the moment NXT UK <laughs> why could that be <laughs> disclaimer the comments expressed here by Jim Smallman aren't reflective of how much of a sellout he is um, uh, <laughs> NXT UK because I'm involved with it if it's not for the show that I'm involved with it's NXT um, I mean are you together or is it complicated or <laughs> fuck you <laughs> um, uh, covered, covered this when I recorded a podcast in my kitchen last week um, so NXT UK partly because I'm involved with it partly because loads of my friends are on it if not that NXT 
because I'm a big fan of it and again loads of my friends are on it and the, 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 the that show's just absolutely out of this world um, I mean I watch the network most days <laughs> mainly to watch a random old ECW show I want to watch or, yeah. or whatever um, I think um, I really love the Mae Young Classic this year I really love 205 Live as well um, uh, and I go out of my way to watch them um, uh, and I think there's sort of non-in-ring stuff I really like stuff like stuff like Ride Along and that I often watch it because it's on at the end of something that I'm watching yeah. and then I leave it on and go I really enjoy this but Table for Three I genuinely love oh it's fantastic genuinely yeah, 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 love yeah, yeah. And, and it's one of those things that I'm like oh, I wish like one day I wish I could do something like that like it, it's it's really, really, really interesting. You hit it here first. Network exclusive 2025. Briley, Joseph, Smallman, table for free. And that's the point where we all hate each other as well. And it's entitled, Where Did All Our Money Go? <laughs> uh, for me, for me personally, I love 205. If you ever wonder, is anyone still watching 205? Yes, me. Because Mustafa Ali is the best wrestler in the world at the minute. He's not. And he's also the nicest human. He is just amazing. I tweeted this this week. He did a a talk in a school. And I know a lot of the WWE guys get asked to do these things as part of their deal. They are meant to be role models to kids. But he's he's taking it to a whole new level of of this. You know, he knows that because of his background, he would have been a very different wrestler 10, 20 years ago in terms of how he was positioned and what his character would have been. And the fact that he's going out of his way to be this positive role model as well as you know let's be honest in ringing being you oh, know phenomenal. ridiculously good phenomenal is yeah it's tremendous. and, and uh, his, uh, his his promos have been outstanding the ones he sort of does on his own mm. um, but the one he did for a day with Tommy in the rain wearing the roots of a fight jacket and I was just like woof sign me up and absolutely smashed out of the park also Mae Young is, this year has been absolutely phenomenal but we're probably going to cover that a little bit later on because I know we've got some other sort of linked questions uh, Kieran Page uh, asks what is <laughs> what is the best and worst part of working slash travelling with each other um, the best part is we were talking about this before we really like we can spend a lot of time together and not yes. dislike each other yes. um, and which is good because and, like, and when we work together I literally don't see you join a show. No, no, yeah. You, you, I have nothing to do with commentary. Uh, I Matt, think, I think technically we have never worked together because even this isn't really. But you work, work for progress. Yeah, so I work for you, but well, one of three of you. <laughs> yeah, but like you, you work with Glenn, and you're not involved in like the creative stuff of no, putting the shows together no. like we are. So you don't, we don't ever really need to work together. We just. You know, we can travel to the show and back and we can have our own opinions on it and, and talk about ideas and stuff but we don't really work together in that no. in that regard um, I don't like Matt's my mate who works at the same place as me Matt's not an employee that's not how I look at it so um, damn right you don't know me <laughs> but essentially you know I am paying his bills so um, <laughs> I wouldn't have said it if he had done it um, but yeah so I think the fact that we we do kind of like spending time together and yeah. before we start recording this we have spoken non-stop for the couple of hours since we left London yeah like I can't I actually can't think I think maybe maybe it was the last time we travelled back together I just remember us being like really fucked for some reason we were absolutely shattered and the only time we ever don't talk is when we're really really bad and what usually happens is Jim puts on uh 
a stand-up gig mm. or finds a stand-up comedian and then we listen to it and we kind of just occasionally laugh and acknowledge that we're still both awake but that is very rare usually it's like five hours of there's, shite there's there's not many people I, I travel with that like where I, I where I don't run out of something to say eventually and I think with me and you we, we have I, I don't forget as you people are asking questions have realised like we're into similar stuff to do with football and similar stuff to do with video games and similar stuff to do with music like we're not we don't just talk about wrestling we talk about lots of other stuff yeah you know you know. plus Matt knows my family and stuff like that and we have other friends that we share with, both within the world of wrestling like you know like, yeah, yeah, like I'm friends with people because Matt's introduced me to them so yeah. like we, we have we have a lot in common and, and, and genuinely don't hate each other's company I know on this podcast often we do act like we absolutely hate each other mm-hmm. but um that's what's known as being British. Where <laughs> yeah, that's what you say, like. Yeah, yeah. You're the biggest dicks to us. Oh god, hideous! And and it's one of them wonderful moments where, like, we'll never let each other have the moment until there is no one else around or there is no chance of being traceable, and we'll go. You done really well, mate. I'm dead happy for you. Which has happened quite a lot recently. Um, but yeah, he's still a massive prick. Uh, Mr. Pike, aka the Piker. Don't tell him. Don't tell him your name. <laughs> That's army joke, guys. I'm 40 years old. Christ, I thought I made dated references. Uh, well done. Uh, does progress call the gorilla position the gorilla, or do you have your own name for it? Everyone in wrestling calls it a gorilla position. Um, uh, it's our gorilla. Uh, it's where John stands now. It's our um, mechanical gorilla. Our uh, mechanical gorilla, like in the video game Strider, the first boss. <laughs> That's a really niche reference. I'm really proud of that. Um, so, um, yeah, it's called Gorilla with us just because it's traditional to be called Gorilla. Like, if you're ever backstage at a WWE show, it's called Gorilla, obviously, because that's where the name came from. But it is even if you go to another company's shows, it's just called Gorilla. Um, I don't think we're clever enough to come up with another name for it. We could call it the Briley position, but that just sounds like some kind of weird yoga thing. Um, uh, and I, you know. Uh, I'm fine with it being called Gorilla because it is it is in, of course in tribute to a legend so if, it's fine if, if the Briley position was a yoga pose what pose would the Briley position be I'm going for downward dog I'm going for downward dog with one leg extended above one's head um, <laughs> next show John <laughs> it'd be up for it um, um, wonderful good uh, question yeah uh, Barack asks uh, what <laughs> what mythical being would you both like to see Volta chop? Like Conan the Barbarian punching a horse or a camel? Um, I would really, really like to see Volta uh, chop uh, the the depending on your pronunciation, Minotaur or Minotaur. Nice. Um, and I think if we maybe get what was the what was the WWE, the guy who had the bull costume in the 1990s. Oh, was it? Was it not just Minotaur? No, he was called. Oh, someone on Twitter used to follow me who was obsessed with this guy. Um, so, yeah, that that's we could bring nice. him back yeah. and just get him to. to I, I, I mean, it'd be weird because Walter's a vegan, so I don't know how comfortable it'd be chopping a beast, even if they're mythical. Yeah, like one. if you're a human he's absolutely fine chopping you um, along that lines 
I would want him to have a heavyweight contest with the Yeti, <laughs> the Yeti. Uh, and we could bring in Super Ninja uh, and, and to reprise the infamous role. And also, the Yeti was a fucking mummy. Yeah, it's, I feel with Halloween coming up, we can point this out now. The Yeti was a fucking mummy. I feel like this has been covered quite heavily, but yeah, there's a lot of. He was covered heavily in fucking toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Jim has peaked. Uh, Good, Good. I like the way we, we still try to logically book mythical creatures. Uh, this is a great question from Leggett. Nice one. Uh, have a safe drive home. My question. Favourite edition of Football Manager? Um, probably not one for a, for a few years. Like, old ones. I mean, I used to play on the Commodore Amiga oh, when it was called Championship Manager still. Uh, so I've got two, because this is really my question, yeah. let's, be, let's be honest. Um, uh, old school era, Champ Man, uh, 0102, classic, red case. You could pick it up for about 10 quid in your local WH Smiths. On that. Do you remember that little discount yeah, yeah. rack? Absolutely amazing. My dad still plays that. That game is older than a well, lot of I, things. I do know that there's people that do play the old editions and just update the. the yeah, yeah, the yeah. Team. So I, I got and, and my modern favourite is Football Manager 2010, uh, which, uh, if you know me well enough, I got massively obsessed with that and essentially turned into my dad because I used to mock my dad for only ever playing 0102. It was like, Ugh. I even bought him a Football Manager one year and he never played it. Um, and then they happened to me. But now I'm, I'm currently playing. Um, FM 17 um, and I'm waiting for it to go live and everyone to update all the kids and make it good before I buy it I am um, I mean I'm, I get the new one every year but I have less and less time to play it I mean it's the main reason I got a very highly powered MacBook <laughs> was partly I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and part of it was I just want to be able to play because playing Football Manager on a laptop is not as good as playing it on a desktop no absolutely because desktop yeah, yeah, yeah. they just perform better so like I've now got a MacBook Pro, <laughs> partly partly because I do some video editing, I edit a podcast, and I, I was writing a book. But mainly because it's really fast to play Football Manager on. It's like super yeah. fast. Like you can play like twenty leagues, and it's super Sick. super fast. Uh, if you want to know, if commentary from uh, tonight's show, chapter seventy-seven, um, is shite. It's because I had to play a pre-season friendly against Liverpool as RB Leipzig. Uh, and just to let you know, I'm in my second season uh, and we beat them 4-2. Nice. Um, Timo Werner, absolute worldy. Um, just got Mariano Diaz in as well on loan as well as my backup striker. Um, hit me up. I know some Das Wonder kids. For... Who's Mariano Diaz? Is he the guy who's at... Who's that Leon? That's why Real, I know he's who he is. Real he's back now. to Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did so... great in the Classico today, didn't they? No. Uh, yes. So here's a little insight into progress for you. We have a security guard on our back gate. Um, he's a fucking hero. He's, he's, he's called Juan, and he is from Barcelona. I'm not doing faulty towers material. <laughs> God, um, are we ringing someone's grandfather <laughs> in a minute? But, but, um, and Juan's been like since we've been at the ballroom. I think he's there's maybe one show Juan's not been at. He's lovely, and he sits yeah. out in the cold. All and we like we'll bring him bottles of water and whatever, and he just he's fucking sound. He's a huge Barcelona fan. He spent the entire show today listening to a classico. And um, every time I'd sort of walk past him, he'd give me an update. And Barcelona won 5 1 today. Um, <laughs> meaning that the poor Real Madrid manager is going to get fired from that job four months after being fired from the Spain job for talking to Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have messed your life up badly, son. Yeah, well, um, could be worse. But, but Juan's, Juan's a legend, and he's yeah, the sort yeah. of person that we never really make a fuss over because he never comes in the venue. So no. you guys never see him. 
Um, you might occasionally see him if you're in the smoking area or whatever. But he's lovely. All the wrestlers love him. Like they all, like everyone's, everyone knows him really well. He knows who everyone is by sight yeah, and stuff. Yeah. He's, like, he's a really, really good guy. And there's a lot of unsung people you don't always know about, and he's yeah. one of them. He's, he's, a, he's a good dude. Shout oh, out to one. Just, yeah. just pops into my head. I yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, uh, this is more for you because uh, it's not my fighting game of choice. Uh, Tristan asks, uh, "What are your top five Street Fighter characters?" Uh, number one is Akuma slash Gookie. I'm gonna I'm gonna give them the proper names. Uh, Westernized name first, uh, original Japanese name second. Um, so Akuma slash Gookie, oh, I have tattooed on me. Yeah. Uh, then uh, second would be Vega slash Balrog, who I have tattooed on me. Solid. Um, then Zangief, who I use a lot because I'm good at doing a spinning pile driver. Yeah. Just like real life. Um, not like real life. Uh, uh, then Evil Ryu and then Ken I don't like regular Ryu he's I, a bit wet isn't he he's just oh what's your mission in life I'm just going to walk barefoot around the world really see because like here's a, here's a good, good comparison I like Tekken because I, I, I'm because you're I'm not about, good at video games yeah because I'm not very good at video games <laughs> and I'm about just like going, just like going Aah! yeah yeah <laughs> fucking pick any Goro or, or Huarang and just go nuts uh, but like Yin Kazama's a good example like Yin Kazama's the main protagonist uh, maybe now antagonist as the series has gone on but he was never wet I never there was never a point where I was like oh he's the golden boy I don't want to pick him like I always you get like, the impression that like like Ryo originally in Street Fighter 2 because no one remembers the first Street Fighter because no, it was no, rotten because it was shite yeah. although the original arcade machine you, some of them had like punch sensors so you could actually Oof. just punch or kick it um, but they went down well in Blackpool yeah and then the whole arcade was on fire <laughs> so I am um, I think from Street Fighter 2 like Ryu was sort of enigmatic and, and a quiet brooding character which Japanese video games are, are fond of having he wasn't dissimilar to the central character in the Fist of the North Star manga and, and anime and whatever and, and like it kind of made sense as the game series has gone on like Ken's grown up had a family like yeah, yeah. has got has made something of himself Ryu's still not washing and travelling around the world punching people in the head like he needs to grow up and get a job get a, earn a, learn a trade Ryu that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, isn't it as well? Like, on the first Street Fighter, it tells you how old he is. So you can actually work out how old he is now. And isn't he, like, 40-something odd? Well, he's, he's older than that now. Because yeah. I think he was... Was he, like, 28? Something so you got like that. Or... The first Street Fighter 2 kept must have come out when I was 13 or 14. And I'm 40. And he must have been... Let's say his character was even 20 then. Yeah. He's well in his late 40s now. Grow he's up. not older. Just grow up, you dirty tramp. <laughs> uh, right, another banging question from Daz. Uh, favorite '90s Serie A, there's a theme shirt that isn't the beautiful Fiorentina number with the Nintendo sponsor, which is an absolute. I'm presuming, I'm presuming this dude is the dude who wore it to a program. It is Daz, yeah, the Scottish lad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the uh, Palmer shirt I had that my parents bought me from one of my birthdays in the '90s, Umbro. Uh, it's when they they won the Italian Cup, so they had the little target over it, which you always have when, yeah. when you've won the Italian Cup. Um, sponsored by Parmalat, very simple, like a lot of Umbro kits were in the nineties. Very simple, very classic, very clean kit. Uh, big fan of that. I've never owned a Juventus kit, no, because I've never liked them. Because you don't work for them, <laughs> <laughs> and it and it. So you I might just, want to edit that out. <laughs> so it just I, I don't. Like, 
this is the thing. So every now and again, you'll if you're in London, you'll see people going into the big like there's a big Nike shop and, and there's a big Adidas shop and whatever, and you'll see people going in and buying Barcelona, Real Madrid, uh, Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund shirts. Yeah, yeah. Like for a lot when we won the league. Like you could buy the Leicester shirt in the Puma shop on Carnaby Street, which yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I thought it was amazing. To be fair, my Leicester shirt I'm wearing today, I bought from JD Sports in London because nice. we're now we're now an, an okay sized team, so I can actually buy my shirt outside of our club shop. Yeah, um, I still can't buy it like in the JD Sports in Chester near where I live, but I have, I can buy it in London. All them Chester City shirts, blocking everything up. No, there's none. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so. And, and I'm always astonished that, like, there's people in, in there's British people in this country who go, yeah, my Italian team's Juventus, and I'm like, why? Like, so, right. So here's the thing. This 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 is what blew my mind. So I, I've just been to Amsterdam like a few weeks ago, and and going great, to greatest city in the world. It's amazing, phenomenal. Um, and and taking the pilgrimage to to Ajax Stadium, which is now the Johan Cruyff Arena, mm. uh, was like literally Did the closest. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you get to a game? Uh, no. So I stupidly went. Oh, they're playing on Saturday. We'll go on the Sunday. Turned up and they were playing Alkmaar. And it's quite a big game. Yeah, it? it's a massive game. And they wish I went to about Ajax PSV the day after oh, I got nice. married. So I think they won like 5 1. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like it was great. And, and so we turned up. So I wanted to go to the club shop. I wanted to get, I got like a track jacket and, and a scarf. But what blew my mind is next door they've got like a big department store or like, like sports shop, the equivalent to JD Sports. And they were selling the Paris Saint Germain Jordan kit. And as a Leon fan, that offended me on many levels. So I remember going to St. James's Park a few years ago, uh, visiting my good friend Tony Jameson, who used to live around the corner from the ground. Hiya, we Tony. Put, Tony. Put down the CrossFit for one second. Um, we, we still love you, though. So he, um, yeah, so we went in there and they were selling all kinds of football kits because they had a Sports Direct. Yeah. Obviously, because Mike Ashley. Mike Ashley. You know what he is. Um, but yeah, so the Juventus thing, like, I, I've also quite a lot of. Like Juventus weren't the best team in no. Italy in the nineties. No, AC Milan were. Yes. Um, and then there was a, a couple of seasons where literally anyone could have fucking won it. Yeah. Like I've had some like I've had some mad shirts from then. I had the Napoli shirt I mentioned before. I had a yeah. weird Napoli away kit. I had um, I had an Udinese kit at one point. Like what I like at the minute is if you look. So go if you've got FIFA, go on FIFA now and just look through the kits in Serie A, and like. There's not many, like there's not many absolute standout bangers of kits. Sassuolo is always, is always quite yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Um, but again, they weren't. I don't think they even existed in the nineties because no, no, yeah. of the, the, the weird transient nature of Italian football. Who is your Who is your Ita- If you had to pick an Italian team, who, who would it be? Because uh, I must stress this now. Like Matt supports Leon. Like yeah. Matt's team is Leon, right? I don't, we've got to the bottom of this once before. I yeah, forget yeah. why, but there is team. It, My team's Leicester City. Yeah. The end. There's other teams I like, but I don't have another team. I think I you think, can't have another team. I think growing up, I, I always liked because it, it wasn't so much the '90s because I only I used to watch football Italia um, through it, and but I didn't really have it. have a team. I just liked. I think I probably liked AC Milan. Just checking my room. All oh, right, okay. Here a we weird are. panic if we are we Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I liked AC Milan because they were good and. And had a lot of Dutch yeah. players. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think for me, the one team that stuck was Roma. You know, when Totti started mm-hmm. coming through and stuff like that. But then, then you, then I get what you mean because I didn't support them. I just was like, they're my preference. So my grandmother was Italian, so 
and she was originally from uh, Salerno, which is near Napoli. Yeah, yeah, so Salernitana, Salernitana, who um, former Leicester City left back Danny Tiato used to play for. What, what a, a reference! What, what a, a reference! Um, one of the dirtiest footballers I've ever seen play, and I've seen Ben Thatcher play. Um, um, also played for us, uh, and once got sent off against us in one of the worst tackles I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so like, I, I always find like. We'll go on a weird tangent just about you. <laughs> it's a weird tangent about Juventus. Welcome to the Galazzo section of the Jim Smallman experience. I'll be honest, I'm just doing everything to stay alive and not tired at this point. Right, carry on. Anyway, back to wrestling. Jamie Smith, solid name. Uh, what would your dream team of four wrestlers for a War Games or Survivor Series match be? That's a good question, that. Um... Oh, dream team. Let's do it. Let's answer this in a different way, Matt. Let's do okay. be team captains. So we pick one person each. So and let's have our teams against each other. Okay. So, um, and I'm going to put a, a bit of a spin on it because we get are we are we going to do it from just modern wrestlers. Uh, current. Let's do it from current. Current. You're current. right. Okay. So uh, I'm driving. So I'm, te- I'm 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 getting to choose first. So I pick mine. Uh, I pick mine first. Pete Dunn. Solid. Um, I will take. Oh, Christ! Um, I'll take Tommaso Ciampa. Oh, nice. I think in this you've got to kind of have a bit of everything. Yeah. Represent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you kind of need you need people who can do a bit of brawling, can do a bit of wrestling, can do a bit of everything really. Uh, I think both those guys fit the bill. So who's next for me? I would choose. We also have people who are willing to do crazy stuff as well. Uh, next up, I would choose Kevin Owens. Solid choice, because I would choose Cassius Ono as my Arn Anderson. Nice. Um, uh, my next choice would be... I want to choose someone big. I don't want to go obvious and choose Braun, although I do love Braun. Um, I really do. I can't stress this enough. Yeah. Dude, never. He wrestled ten matches before he debuted on Raw. <laughs> that's that's so insane. Yeah. Um, I would choose. I want to choose someone from. I'll choose Walter. Fuck it, Walter. Okay. Uh, sticking with my theme. I am going to choose Alistair Black. Nice. Big history with him and Walter there. Good. Um, And my final choice would be... You've gone very NXT heavy here, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I've gone all over the place because I can. Um, uh, I would choose Naito. Nice. Uh, My final choice is going to be Seth Rollins to round out the angry, grungy, rocky, goffy indie boys stable and like the end of the match will be Seth Rollins getting powerbombed into the roof of the cage by Volta and then land on his head. Full Sid Sid and Brian Pillman. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, Good question, I like that. Uh, Another good question from um, at Big Boss Fan, 
I'm assuming this Adam night. Uh, but anyway, uh, with Panto season coming up, which currently active wrestler would make the best? Is it Widow Twanky? Widow I don't Widow do. I, I don't do Panto. It's a question for okay. Glenn. I know. Um, yeah, jazz hands. The best wrestler to play Widow Twanky. Now, bearing in mind, Widow Twanky is always played by a man. Yes, so, yeah, 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 I got But that. he's always played by... It works better. I think Glenn's played Widow Twanky, genuinely, yeah. uh, in a panto. But, um, I mean, Regal's the ideal choice for this. Oh, yeah. I, I cannot oh, stress this. All right. Regal's okay. the... But he's current wrestler, right? So it can't be Regal. Yeah. Because I would have said... I would have said Dave Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I really want to tell people. I, I don't want to ruin it because people need to see Regal's stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the story about yeah. him and um, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, the fans yeah, of the yeah, opera yeah, yeah. so good. Um, by the way, Regal and Taylor as the ugly sisters. <gasps> all I'm saying is Progress Wrestling presents Panto chapter. Mate, and, don't give me ideas. I'll do that. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm sure Glenn would be okay with that as long as you play whatever the Cinderella or whatever. You know. Um. So. Oh, who who to choose? You need someone like you need you need a sense of humour to do it. You need to be a, a you need to be a big old bruiser of a lad, but also you need to have an inherent oh, humour and campus. Who've you got? Eddie Dennis. <laughs> What's the kidding? <laughs> I mean, the Welsh accent does make it. Is that the style I thought? I was like, perfect. Um, oh, who else could I choose? Um. <laughs> Walter. <laughs> I mean, you spent time with Walter, right? Yeah. He's the most serious human being that's in the world. Why are you? Why am? Why am I a woman? <laughs> um, he just, <laughs> just even explaining the concept of panto to me. I'm like, I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather never be around wrestling again than try and explain the concept of panto to Walter. I feel it would be the that's most. Really it would be the, the most bizarre experience of my entire life. Come on, Smallman. Timothy Thatcher. Oh, he'd be so good. And he would apply himself like, perfectly. Yeah, to a textbook execution. Does the basics really well. Um, okay. Uh, that's a bit of a samey question from we've had before. Um, it was favourite chapter main event this year, but we've kind of nailed that one. Um, but if you do ask us the same question we've already kind of covered... We're not ignoring you. We just, you know, we don't want to repeat ourselves. Oh, at Shaggy Dudley, great, at, uh, asks, best song to sing on a car ride home? Um, uh, for me, because I do it with my son, I pick it up from, uh, uh, from Nursery. It is uh, Great by Idols, uh, because he just sings the G-R-E-A-T bit. Um, uh, and I like it because it's um, uh, because it's an incredibly left-wing anti-Brexit song. Um, and so I'm a big fan yes. of it. Um, uh, following in a similar vein, uh, someone who's very anti-Brexit, uh, genuine and pony. I was talking to my wife about this the other day. About she went, she did say to me, "What would your theme music be if you were a wrestler?" I went, "Pony" by Genuine, <laughs> and I did it just to crack her off. But she went, "All right," and she no sold it. She no sold all my jokes now. But surely a wrestler has used that. Surely human tornadoes used it. Tweet us now. Has a wrestler, yeah, yeah. And, and what Wikipedia have took this shit away from us now, so yeah, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. Tweet us at Jim Smallman, um, hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw, if a wrestler has ever used Pony by Ginuwine as their entrance music. Um, they or were... if you are a wrestler, do it. Do you know who might have? Who? Stokely. 
start, oh, and also I was thinking I know where I've heard it because at a Fight Club Pro show Session Moth came out yes. and, and danced on a guy on his stag do yes and yes that it? happened yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway moving <laughs> swiftly on uh, Mick Cooper asks if you had to pick now who wins the 2019 Royal Rumble the 2019 Battle of Los Angeles and the 2019 16 Carrot um Thank you for not including Super Strong Style that because I just give it away. Um, uh, so, winner of the 2019 Royal Rumble, Daniel Bryan. Nice. Winner of the 2019 Battle of Los Angeles, Bandido. Oh. Winner of 2019 16 Carat. I don't know who's been announced for this yeah. yet, if anyone has been announced. I think Daisuke got announced. Uh then maybe Dicecape but I, I want to say Ilya Dragunov solid choice uh, I am going to go with Seth Rollins for the Royal Rumble actually no I'm going to change my mind about 16 carat David Starr ooh ah mm. ooh ah you are welcome on that one uh, yeah Royal Rumble Seth Rollins because I like predictability uh, Battle of Los Angeles Um that's a tough one. Ooh, Robbie Eagles. I feel bad now for not saying Brody King. But yeah, yeah, They yeah, win yeah. in 2020. So but your, your friendship's way more solid than that, mate. Don't uh, worry about it. I hope so. Um, but 2020 is um, when he wins it. Uh, 16 carat, guns. Bobby guns should win that. Um, or win something. Uh, we all love the guns. Lots of, yeah. Loves loves Can't a cigarette. Get over the fact that you can smoke indoors in Germany. Oh, Boston! It still blows he's, my mind. He's, he's, he's blowing away. Um, Mikey uh, Galazari, I, I believe. I, if I probably butchered your surname, I apologise. Uh, Mikey asks, "How far along are you on Red Dead Redemption, and have you named your horse? If so, what?" The reason I'm asking this is his follow-up question is arguably better because his follow-up question is follow-up question. Ideas for great wrestling themed horse names. Good lord. Right. So uh, I am, uh, as of last night, uh, 9.3% complete. And how are your horse's testicles looking? Uh, My horse is called Graham. (laughs) Because I deliberately named him Graham. Good. Uh, There's a reason for this. Uh, It's a very silly, uh, specific to my family reason. And that is... um, uh, Ages ago, I did a gig. Years ago, it was way before I met my wife. I did a gig in uh, in Northampton, and uh, Tamsin, who's a very nice lady who booked me for it, um, my daughter was very little at the time, and she she made me a little sock monkey for her, knowing that my daughter collected them. She used to have hundreds of them. So I got this little I got this little sock monkey, and then uh, my Amelia, my daughter, said, "Why don't you just take it around with you?" So I used to take it with me places and take photos of it and send it to her. And then when I first met my wife. Uh, Graham, this sock monkey. Um, we were taking photos of him. And then one day, like he fell off, and my wife just just went Graham and was like really upset that he'd fallen over. And now I will name as many things Graham as possible. Graham, the sock monkey, now lives with my son. Um, and uh, I, I was like, I've got to name the horse. I'm going to call it Graham. Uh, and also, I bought the ultimate edition of Red Dead Redemption, so he's a thoroughbred horse. He's pretty good. Um, I've got a really good horse name. Yeah, but it's more of like a horse racing name. Mm-hmm. You can lead a horse to Volta, but you can't force it to drink. That's good. I don't think I'm going to top that. 
Um, that is literally. Well, if it was German, it can't force it to drink. <laughs> um, if I believe that is. All right, mate. Uh, uh, trinken is to drink, isn't it? Oh, there you go. Someone will correct me. I did GCSE German. Um, people who are good at maths will realise 24 years ago. Um, good. God, I'm old. Uh, right. On the, on the M6 toll now, by the way, guys. Good. Because we've got Asher Turf and money to burn. Um, <laughs> Aussie Wrestling Gifts asks following on from Gino today which Australian wrestler or wrestlers would you like to see in the ballroom next um, I've already said mine mine would be Robbie Eagles mine would also first choice would be uh, Robbie Eagles because I think he's phenomenally good we've already had Jonah there and now we've had yeah. Gino there uh, there there so I, I know all three of those guys already and all three of them are very 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 good uh, and uh, lovely chaps which always really helps uh, I'm trying to think like we had a, a great experience in Australia um, especially if I had to pick any show out of the three enjoyed our time in Perth enjoyed our time in Sydney but the, the show we did with MCW in Melbourne um, which Gino wasn't on um, uh, but that was great uh, I'd like Elliot Sexton to appear in the ballroom he's appeared in America for us he is Australian but lives in America um, side note I uh, stumbled across this YouTube show the other day genuinely brilliant it's great isn't it genuinely brilliant I'd forgotten I'd even filmed that stuff yeah, with him yeah, yeah. where I like he basically went I've got an idea I just want you all to be mean to me all day and we're like not a problem we've been on a bus with you for two hours we're all ready to kill you <laughs> uh, he got on a bus you see if you don't know what Elliot Sexton looks like he's six foot five inches tall and is chiselled out of grass. yeah like, like stereotypical Calvin Klein model yeah, yeah. but like he's a good looking lad he's tall he's good at wrestling and he's incredibly tanned one day he got on our bus uh, to do one of our like really long bus journeys a five or six hour bus journey in America shirtless like we get it mate we, we've all seen we've been wrestling today Yeah. we've seen you without your shirt on and honestly you've never seen a man of his size and stature more mercifully mercilessly bullied by everybody on that bus even people a lot smaller than him yeah. just because we're like Put your fucking shirt on, dickhead. We get it. Um, um, and and we, since then, we have... I mean, you'll see on Twitter, me and Brody bully him all the time because it's fun. Um, but he is, in, in all honesty, very good at what he does. And his little YouTube thing's great because sometimes, like, you have to get noticed by doing other stuff. And that's that's how I think Glenn was first had his attention drawn to him. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he got my attention. Um, I also love the bit where Tony comes out of the suitcase. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Uh, right. Brian Spoon 79, which is the less successful follow up to. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 99 red balloons. <laughs> Mate, you fucking scrabbling. Improv's hard, isn't it? It's terrible. Uh, I'm not a comedian, nor, nor will I ever be. Um, not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Got you through 15 years. Um, you get the chance to remake Street Fighter the movie. Now we're talking. Which six Progress roster members do you choose to play the following? Ryu, Ken, Chun-Li, Bison, Kami, and Zangief. Okay, right. Zangief yeah. is Walter with a beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I don't know who else on the roster we could get to do it. No. So it's Walter with a beard. Right. Oh, 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 it's Trent. Trent, it's Trent with an accent. Oh, no, bad. Oh, 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 communism. <laughs> Mother Russia. <laughs> and the delirium is setting so in. So good. Zangief is definitely Trent Seven. Yes. Um, uh, Ken is Matt Riddle. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, Chun-Li is... I'm going to make Chun-Li Millie McKenzie. <laughs> right. Um, who else have we got? So that's three down. Yeah, so we got Kami, Bison and Ryu left. Um, Bison is Chris Brooks in a large overcoat. <laughs> um, okay. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know who I would consider for Bison at the minute? Who? Robbo, Paul Robinson. Uh, I think Bison's meant to be tall. That's the only reason I've gone that way. Oh, I rise, slap! I'm gonna slap you from pillar to post. Um, uh, Cammy would be Isla Dawn because I, I think actually facially she looks like uh, her. I was gonna say Tony, but yeah. Um and. Because Cammy's meant to be also Cammy's meant to be British. She just yes. played by an Australian in, in the Street Fighter movie. What a film! Like guy was played by a Belgian guy. So yeah. who cares? Um, and then we're left with Ryu. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Bate because he can do yeah. the one-inch punch. That's true. Yeah. Fact. Martial arts. Uh, martial arts. The martial arts. Um, Adam. Not who's in marital arts. That's no, good thing. lord, no. Um, Adam asks one wrestler from the current Progress roster, one wrestler from WWE slash NXT, and one wrestler from anywhere else in the world. Book a triple threat. I mean, you were very demanding here, Adam, but fair play. Um, I mean, I'm not actually going to book it, Adam. I'm going to yeah. fantasy book it. Um, so I hope that's all right. Uh, one wrestler from uh, current progress depends what see this is when people give you booking questions I'm going to let you in a little secret here. what you have to think about is you have to if, when you are a booker as is one of my jobs um, uh, within progress what you have to think about is you have to think about whether they make storylines matches make storyline sense whether people want to see them and what business it does 
So if you're saying I've got to choose the very best in progress, the very best from WWE NXT, the very best from uh, anywhere else in the world, like if you wanted a big money match, you would go Pete Dunne from Progress. You would go. I know he's NXT UK, but I'd still go Pete Dunne from Progress. He still works for us. I'm just going purely on name value. You go Pete Dunne, and then you'd probably. I'm going to just go NXT rather than the main roster. So yeah, yeah. then you do uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. Then you do Akada or Naito because they're the two biggest. I, I, arguably the biggest draws in New Japan. Yeah, yeah. If I wanted to do it for a match I really, really wanted to see, which is a different thing, I would do Walter, Cassius Ono, and. Probably Kenny Omega. Nice. Probably. Who would you do? Oh, um, it's difficult. Um, I'd probably do. Oh man, that's hard. Actually, like legitimately hard. If you think, if just based on your sensibility of what you want to watch, because because that's the thing. Like I could, you could go completely bananas with it like yeah, you can yeah, just yeah. go Paul Robinson Velveteen Dream and Bandido yeah, I'd watch yeah, the yeah. shit out of that yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, me just sure. going random that's like me doing random name generator yeah. I could, uh, let's do another one uh, I could do Tyler Bate versus uh, Johnny Gargano versus Brody King yeah, yeah. Like you could literally, you could just if you're cherry picking people who are in the the, the, the top percentage of being yeah. good, anything can work. I would I would go with Zach Gibson versus Velveteen Dream versus Eddie Kingston and not let them wrestle, just talk for thirty minutes. Just say, just a promo battle. Yeah. I love Eddie Kingston. Yeah, what a man. He's an animal. Top dude, man. Top dude. Uh, Gareth asks, "Do you think you'd have behaved any differently at school if Eddie Dennis was your head teacher?" Um, at school, there is the thing. Like, I was really, really well behaved at school until I was maybe fifteen, and um, by which point, you could be the incredible Hulk. I didn't give a shit. <laughs> Because uh, I, I wasn't a bad teenager, just a miserable teenager who wasn't happy, and I did lots of stupid stuff. So um, yeah, so like it wouldn't have really mattered. What I needed, and it turns out this is the thing that this is be actually making a serious point on this podcast. But um, the teacher I actually needed when I was fifteen is the teacher who actually made a difference in my life, and that was my English teacher. So my GCSE English teacher was also my A level English teacher, and then when I became a teacher, she was my boss. Um, and she was the one who said hey you're really good at this creative writing malarkey I know you're not particularly good at all the other academic stuff because you clearly don't want to be here but you're quite good at this creative writing stuff have you thought about going to university have you thought about doing A-levels whatever um, and it was her who saw what I was good at and recognised it and, and that I think that's the key to, to really good teaching is not necessarily being sinister and yelling at you it's actually making you believe in yourself and um like she would really give me a confidence boost because it was the thing I was good at. It's the thing I was good at when I was younger. We got to the M6 toll, guys. I'm just paying the toll. Say, if she could see you now paying by card on the M6 toll, 
Um, he has got contactless, the uh, contactless, uh, contactless, and he is he's been approved. Uh, we are through. My third debit card of the last month. I never lost a debit card. And I lost one on the trip to Germany um, when we did our shows out there. And I've never <laughs> been more. Have fun if you are now in Oberhausen and you've just become Jim Smallman. Um, uh, I am. Um, I hate losing stuff. I, 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 I know where everything I own is all. Sorry, I mate, you lost your sanity a long time ago. Thank you. Uh, Alan Smith asks, what's your favourite type of bread? Ha 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 ha! Wow. He doesn't ask ha ha ha, that was me being like angry. What's your favourite type of bread? Towards me. The, the frozen medium sliced brown loaf I've got in my freezer at the minute. Um, I don't eat a lot of bread. I know I mark you for bread, but I really don't eat a lot of it. I like a flatbread. Yeah, yeah, I like a flatbread. I like it. I like a, um, pit, I like a pitcher and some hummus. So, uh, there is some glu- decent gluten-free breads out there. Uh, started doing a lot of seedy stuff now. Like, not like, we've got any leeches for this. <laughs> but, but, you know, like like chai seeds and stuff. Um, the best bread-based uh, gluten-free delicacy is crumpets. Particularly genius crumpets. Gluten-free Crumpets are banging. Warburton's have just started doing one, but you're really paying for the name value. They're not that great. Um, this has been Bread Watch with <laughs> with Matthew Taylor Richards. There's next on Radio Four. <laughs> book of bedtime. There's celiacs and gluten intolerant people that are. are I used to work in, this. A, in a in a drugs warehouse, not like the one in Robocop. <laughs> I used to work in, in Hinkley. The, yeah, like, there's a Unicam warehouse. So I used like to work it. in there, and. Um, we used to sell like I used to work on a production line just like assembling orders so you'd get like a thing and you'd go to a location and you put stuff in a tub and it'd go down a conveyor belt and there used to be like gluten free stuff there and that was before like the gluten free stuff as it used to look like would look like plastic yeah it, like, did, yeah, yeah, yeah. it looked like a sample loaf they used to put in MFI <laughs> Um, is MFI still a place? Does MFI still... It, it doesn't, does I it? feel like they all exist now. I went to a DFS the other day. Yeah, yeah. I, I tweeted a picture. Because um, they've got, like, these anthropomorphic dog statues that look like Mr. Peanut Butter from BoJack Horseman. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, sorry. And, and um, the amount of people who tweeted me... Because I, I legit went and bought a sofa. Like, I didn't put it on interest-free credit. I actually saved the money up and bought it. And, and the amount of people who went, oh, they've still got a sale on then. I'm like, oh shit, that is still a joke. Oh, yeah, <laughs> All yeah, these yeah. years on, um, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I don't think they advertised it, but yeah, I mean, it was the sofa was half price. Well, there you go. Um, Grim Taylor, uh, who's Jim Taylor, I'm assuming, uh, real name, just more spooky. Uh, salutations, Jim and Matt. Hope you're both well. As it's evolution tonight, I was wondering which female indie workers you would each like to see debut in progress. Open brackets, apart from Miko Satomura. Uh, close brackets, safe travels, lads. Um, and technically, Jordan's already debuted for us because she appears. Because yes. uh, Jordan Grace would be the other one who I think is phenomenal. Uh, and Miko, obviously, because uh, yeah. me and Miko have got a brilliant friendship now. Where we wave at each other whenever we're at shows together. Oh, she's the sweetest. Um, and she tells me I am a good talker. So, so I told you about the story about uh, when we did uh, Super Strong Style, mm. uh, and uh, Emmy Sakura was over as well. Hey, all the Nandos. Uh, they did. So, uh, me and two grizzled young veterans went to Nando's. I had a veggie option. Don't worry. Uh, and we arrived there, and 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 Emmy and Miko were eating, uh, and that was at half nine, and we left. At 11:30, and they were still eating. Hey, and 
Oh yeah, they went they went full in and they were having the greatest time in their life. But the sweetest moments was every single time like they went to a toilet or what past us, they still came and waved at us and it was adorable. She so you know that that really twee stereotype of like Japanese girls being all like hello and all smiling like yeah, yeah. Minko is like that and yeah. then murders people. And then is it actual cold <coughs> blooded murderer? Yeah. Um she's lovely and she's near my age as well, isn't she? She's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. couple of years younger than me, I think. Yeah. But but she's an absolutely lovely human being and, and someone that um, I would hope to use in progress in the future. It's complicated. She lives in Japan. Yeah. Uh, it's not cheap to fly people over. Um, but she is obviously high on the list. Uh, who else is on the list um, who hasn't worked for us already? Yeah. Uh, I, I've got I've got one. Okay. And I think you know who's, who's going to be. I'm biased. Um, I've seen her work a lot because she predominantly works in Manchester for Future Shock but Lana Austin it's a good shout like I um, I watched a video of her wrestling one of the you know the shows under the arches not the one I was at the one after yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. I forget who she was wrestling I, I can't I, they, they were shows that I missed but it was great like oh. genuinely really really good yeah. and I met her a few times and I, I went to Future Shock the other week and I, I stood and had a chat with her because um, you know I've got a lot of time for her she's a good egg so um, uh, and yeah so Lana's a good one uh, who else? I'm trying to think. Um, Viper would have been one. Um, I see that I, I immediately would just assume that Viper had worked for you uh, in some capacity. Uh, it's nearly time. happened a couple of times, and then it's fallen through for whatever reason. And um, but um, you know she's great, so you know I definitely put her on on the list. Um, and then I feel like my knowledge of American female indie workers should be better than it is. Um, yeah. I don't I don't know loads outside of the people who've already worked for us in the States or people I've met at our shows or, or whatever um, uh, so you know my knowledge could always be better but uh, they're good names I think yeah uh, Gareth Butler asks question for both of you as fellow Welshmen who is your favourite all time Welsh football player see this is difficult because as 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 a 30 year old Welshman that is basically had no choice but to support Wales um, the greatest player that I ever got to watch and still get to watch is Gareth Bale who but, is a world class footballer he's not yeah, my favourite ever Welsh no, no, footballer no, no. Uh, so if the question is if, if it's favourite as in who's the one that makes me go oh it's my boy there um, who's the one that makes us go Oh holy shit! We might actually win some stuff. Well, we might win games. You got to bear in mind, like when How I started Robson Carnu. Well, when I started supporting, like, well, so when I was a kid, my dad went right. You support Leicester and you support Wales, and I went okay, Dad. You're bigger than me, and also <laughs> I, yeah, fine. If you're going to take me to games, and at that point, Wales, the Wales national team, despite having Neville Southall in goal and Ian yeah. Rush up front, yeah was not great see this is the thing that people don't realise about, realize about Welsh football was for a long time before this generation we'd have like oh here's a world class player like Mark Hughes but here's Andy Legg in defence yeah. like it was always oh here's Mark Crossley in goal yeah we know he's not Welsh but he's the best we've got um, I um, like so for me my favourite Welsh player just based on my own favourites yeah 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 um, is Andy King well yeah because because he's he's a hero in the Leicester City side yeah yeah Um, because he's obviously won League One the Championship 
and the Premier League yeah. uh, and played in the Wales side that qualified <laughs> for yeah, the Euros yeah. and played consistently during those, that tournament so right. he wins <laughs> like he's great he's a hero mine's, in my mine's along the same lines of, in terms of favourite it's Mark Hughes because um, I used to watch Blackburn Rovers um, with my dad for, for a long time and uh, we went we went before Hughes got the job but uh, yeah Mark Hughes was when he was player manager for Blackburn and then also Wales manager <laughs> yeah. there was that weird period where he kind of crossed over but yeah Sparky was the absolute boy I'd also say Robbie Savage who I know is a polarising footballer but was always great in a Leicestershire and I did fight and talk with him once and he was so nice to me like I mentioned that me and my dad were Leicester and Wales supporters and he'd like rang my dad after the show and oh, stuff and just had a chat with him and, it, and it, he still follows me on Twitter and every now and again if I like if I if I need something like publicising like a stand up show and whatever, I never ask. He just tweets it for me. Like oh, he, he retweeted about Wembley. What he didn't have to do it. He's just he, he's he's got. I remember talking to him and it was like you got a bit of reputation. And he went, yeah, it was just an act. I'm just a, I'm just a regular he dude. Is, he is the football equivalent of a good villain. He's a Conor McGregor yeah. in the football. Yeah, oh, he no, was. I, 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 I think he's he's very kind of sensible in saying these things. Yeah. And and you know he's he's doing well on punditry, unlike Chris Sutton, of a former Blackburn legend, who <laughs> should not be allowed near a microphone. Uh, Shane asks, uh, hypothetically, good uh, progress runs a show in Japan. Which venue would you like to stage it in? I think there's a solid answer. I mean, Corican's the obvious. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Um, although, if we could run in the venue in, I want to say it's in Osaka, which is where. They had that amazing um, Kabashi Kikuchi Kanan Connection match. Yes, which is not a huge venue. There's also there's a venue that Dragon Gate runs with that huge stained glass wall. Oh, that yeah, the one that's like yeah, it's like it's almost like a church, but it's not like yeah, there yeah. would be great. Yeah, that's dope. Um, um, is it uh, the Dragon Gate do the big show? Is it Cove World? They do every year. That could be correct. I could someone correct is me. It on Kobe? That. Yeah, Kobe. maybe yeah. Like like Lycos message me, let me know. He's the he's the boy when it comes to Dragon Gate. That'd but, be cool. but like I, with me, I, like I either want to do because there are a lot of people saying well, where do you want to? Because we've done ECW Arena, we've done Wembley Arena and ECW Arena in yeah. the same year. Um, like the only other venues I'm desperate to do is I'd love to do Corican, but I'm also aware of the how hard it is to do a show in Japan, how difficult it is for us to do. Like one of the reasons we're not doing shows over WrestleMania weekend is. Like you can go to America and do a show where every show is all the same indie wrestlers, mm-hmm. but what we tend to do is take loads of people. It's too expensive to take everyone on our roster to New York, so we're not going to do it. Um, we'd rather go there later in the year and make a big deal out of it. Um, and it's the same with Japan. We'd have to fly so many people to Japan. It's hard. Um, but Corican, uh, Corican's on my wish list. Even just to go to a show, yeah. Arena Mexico. And Hammerstein, they're my big three. Coming next year. Um, Alid Russ asks if you could book any wrestler who is no longer with us, who would it be? Um, Probably Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Like, my appreciation of Eddie Guerrero has, has, especially since having the network, like, I loved him. Before him passing away, I absolutely loved him. But it feels like, thanks to the network and going back and appreciating his stuff in ECW, stuff in WCW, his early stuff in, when he first went over to WWE, 
Like, what a talent. What a ridiculous talent. And like, just imagine doing Imagine Eddie Guerrero versus Pete Dodd. Imagine yeah. Eddie, Eddie Guerrero, Tyler ridiculous. Bay, Eddie yeah. Guerrero, uh, Zack Sabre Jr., Eddie Guerrero, Walter, even. Like, yeah. oh, it'd be so good. So, mine would be Brian Pillman. Um, also a great choice. Yeah, um, just imagine Pillman just ECW slash as he's going into WWF cutting that promo or a promo like that in the ballroom that's what I'm saying uh, also shout out to professional wrestler that man Joey Hayes who we share a really mutual love of a uh, more of a mid-card wrestler but Brad Armstrong so this is um, I've got to know more about Brad Armstrong by weirdly knowing his brothers yeah so Brian Road Dog, and Scott um, uh, Scott was a wrestler and was a ref. Most people would, from recent years, will know Scott more as a referee. In yeah, all the Armstrongs were wrestlers to an extent, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Steve was as well. Yeah. Um, but most people know either Brad because, like, whenever you talk to his brothers about it, they're always like, Brad was the the Brad was the best. Brad was absolutely out of this world, next level, yeah, unbelievable. And, and there's a, I think there's a Brad Armstrong Justin Liger match. There's a Brad Armstrong oh, yeah, Brian yeah, yeah. Pillman match from yeah. uh, from WCW. Uh, he, was, he was he was special. He yeah. was genuinely something special. And um, I understand. And it's not just it's not just down to sort of brotherly love between those guys. They they wax lyrical about how good he was. How he could turn his hand to anything. And um, you know, it's just like knowing those guys, and they're two of the nicest people I've ever met, Scott and Brian. Yeah. Like, so nice, awesome. And um, yeah, so yeah, so Brad Armstrong's a, a good chance. Uh, so the very excited young man, uh, long time listener, first time tweeter, Scroobius Pip. Uh, who? Uh, who? 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 Who that? Who that? Who that? As J Cole once asked. Um, he's asked us a few questions, hasn't he? He's Israel? he's just gone off on one, hasn't he? Because because he's like, it's my network. I'll do what I want. Oh, uh, yeah, he's he's known for that lagering. Um, that's what the kids call it. Uh, who is more convincing as a heel than Paul Robinson? Question mark. How good would Rhea Ripley be as a diesel? Let's do one question at a time. Okay. Let's do one question at a time. Who's a more convincing heel than Paul Robinson? No, no one. <laughs> like, I'm I'm frightened of him. Like yeah. legit. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm. Absolutely fucking terrified of him. He is the most terrifying human being I've ever met. Me and Glenn were chuckling today because there was a there was someone at the ballroom who uh, Robbo was getting in their face, and the minute Robinson turned their back, they stood up and like squared up. So to it was him. on the, the screen yeah. side. Yeah, it? yeah, I yeah. Him do it. And we were like, "That's the funniest thing in the world ever," because I wouldn't even have the bollocks to do it behind his back. So fair play to you if that was you today in the ballroom. The thing is, as well, is obviously we know him, and he is not like that backstage although he does have a way of like you know like you know Ray Winston <laughs> I mean not right. personally but right. yeah 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 so you know when Ray Winston plays someone in a film yes he's playing Ray Winston yeah like like if Ray Winston was in a fucking Shakespeare we're like it's just fucking dagger I've seen before <laughs> me like it's like it's Ray Winston playing Ray Winston yeah 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 his character is Ray Winston yeah yeah like Robbo's a bit like that. Like, whether it's smiley babyface Robbo or his evil, terrifying, twitching muscles, genuinely scary as fuck Robbo, like, backstage he's still quite calm. Yeah. But there's always just that air of, like, the amount of times he just strays into a story where you're like, you're a fucking frightening man. Yeah. And, and 
I want, uh, desperate to get him on the podcast or something and he's agreed to do it he's just he, he has commitments has a family and a job yeah. and stuff. but I, I, I find Robbo his story's interesting as well I find him fascinating yeah, I think he's he's like but also he, like it's not an act he's legit nails he was a, yeah, yeah, he was yeah, a yeah, European yeah. kickboxing champion like yeah, yeah. he is hard as fuck yeah, yeah. and and he's just oh, he's terrifying I'm trying to think of heels who are I think Tommaso Ciampa is that terrifying yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got that level of intensity. Um, yeah. I think Tommaso Ciampa's that terrifying. I think the only other time I can think of anyone who's that terrifying is Bruiser Brody. Yeah, yeah. Bruiser yeah. Brody in Japan going out swinging a chain and not bothering who he's. Who so he I'm is. reading um, Gary Hart's book at a minute. Oh, cool. Uh, and and it's, it, by the way, it's absolutely phenomenal. It's such a shame that it's out of print because um, I got a PDF of it. Um, and it's it's phenomenal, but having him talk about Brody uh, and just the way that like he used to book Brody and handle Brody and stuff like that has made me understand him so much more. I watched the documentary that's a high spots documentary that's actually on on demand. Uh, there you go. Oh, he's on uh, progress. Yeah, it's uh, where I watched it. Uh, that was great. But really hearing about Gary Hart talk, he talks a little bit about Abdullah the Butcher as well, and and you know sort of the myth around like Brody not wanting to lose and blah 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 and, blah. and it's really interesting to have it from someone's point of view who booked him to, yeah. to, to work but also cared a lot about him and he's yeah he's fascinating super fascinating anyway the boss also says how good would Rhea Ripley be as Diesel style bodyguard slash enforcer for the Iconics I mean I mean, I feel like you've answered your own question there. Yes, Pip. But um, I mean, you're doing yeah, the Jinder Mahal thing again. It's a good, it's a good shout. Like, yeah. I think, I think Rhea's great. I um, partly because she's she's so tall. Like, yeah. it's unusual for um, for female wrestlers in particular to, to be as tall as her at the minute. Um, and she's great. Like, really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, and uh, and has an intimidating look to her. Has great in ring style and stuff like that. So I think that would really work, especially because I'm fairly sure. I'm sure I've, I have met the Iconics, and I'm sure that Rhea's like a good few inches taller than them. So yeah. it would definitely work. And all Australian. So yeah, exactly. Um, and final sort of question: uh, Am I so fickle? <laughs> yes. That Miko Satamora has become my favourite wrestler ever after only seeing three matches. Uh, I'll answer that for you. No, because she's legit- legitimately one of the best wrestlers in the world at the minute. Arguably ever, yeah. And and here's the weird thing: like she was wrestling on Nitro when she was 17. So yeah, yeah, yeah. like when she it, came out in like the the red leotard and yeah. All, and this like, is like this is in like yeah. 1996, 97 yeah. or whatever. Like she is is an, a special talent. She is a treasure that everybody should appreciate. Yeah. Um, I also I kind of like the fact that she's not everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, May Young Classic, obviously Sendai Girls, which is uh, her promotion, um, and Fight Club Pro and yeah. Pro Wrestling Eve. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she did WXW when I was there, right? And doesn't need to be loads more than that. No. Like, and and this is someone who a lot of people would look at, like, certainly women in wrestling don't necessarily wrestle until their late 30s uh, in the same way that guys do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And for for her to still be like finding new fans at, at when she's got twenty years of experience, yeah, it's incredible. Is ah, it's, she's she's brilliant. She's a treasure. So legitimately, for for me, 
um, I've like got into like got to introduce some like insane people like this year alone. Um, so I got to introduce Shima from Dragon Gate and Toramon, who was like my teenage like he was my guy. Um, but I think the person that I understood I understood the magnitude of it at the time, but then having to do it a second time, getting to introduce Miko was like. And I know it sounds really naff and cliche, but it was legitimately like a privilege and an honour to do it. Like you just fe- you just feel this thing when you're in her presence, especially when she's in the ring and is ready to tear someone's fucking head off. Um, so yeah, I, and I got to awesomely introduce Miko Satamora versus Pete Dunne at Insomnia Gaming Festival, which is my gaming festival, really, uh, for a fight called Pro Show, uh, which was just. The coolest thing. Yeah. Uh, Awesome stuff. Uh, Sam Taylor says, Did you ever dress up as any wrestlers for Halloween? If so, who? Um, No. I mean, I want this year to dress up as CCK with my boy because the height difference between me and Claudio (laughs) is similar to the height difference between uh, Brooks and Lycos. Um, uh, But no, I didn't. Uh. Like, I... um, also I'm 40 Halloween wasn't a thing when I was a kid it literally wasn't I never went trick or treating no never been trick or treating but I've been trick or treating with my own kids but I've uh, I'm with my nieces and nephews and stuff but I've never been trick or treating myself because I'm 40 and it's like American customs hadn't really infiltrated into us Santa Claus still wore green when I was a kid he didn't that's a lie and it's a made up thing that Coca-Cola changed that he, he didn't because he was in black and white uh, <laughs> <laughs> when Jimbo was a kid uh, Shane Bayliss asks what etiquette on stereo control on long car journeys or what's the etiquette on, on stereo control on long car journeys with wrestlers is it the driver's choice or do you take it in turns what's the current travel album of choice uh, I think it varies from car to car yeah, right? It does, it does vary from car to car I mean as a rule if I'm driving like we've done it before well we've listened to my iPod for a bit and then we listen to yours yeah, and that's yeah, how we yeah. do it but often we're talking so much we don't really listen to the music yeah. anyway but um, <laughs> I was like I'm going to tell you two comedy related stories um I'm not going to name names. So I once had to give a lift to a comedian who lived in Bristol, and we were going all the way to the very bottom of Cornwall to do a gig together. So I drove down, picked him up, and the first thing he did when he got in the car was plug, unplug my iPod. It's about when I had an iPod Classic and an auxiliary thing. The first thing he did when he got in the car was unplug my iPod. Didn't even ask if he could, just unplug my iPod and put his iPod in. I'm driving. I'm driving because you can't fucking drive. Like, <laughs> just as a side note, if you are a professional wrestler in this country and you cannot drive, learn to drive. It's a country that requires driving. Like, and and it will really help you get work. It's the same if you're a stand-up comedian. If you're a stand-up comedian, even if you live in London, consider learning to drive. I find it astonishing when I used to book comedy gigs, the people who couldn't come and do a gig on a Sunday because they couldn't get there. It's like, like learn to drive it's important so um, just want to say at this point thank you very much Jim for the lift that is ever <laughs> can you drive by the way uh, no I've never learned um, it is definitely on the, the list of something to do this yeah, year but it, it's just it's something that is a genuine gripe of mine but he gets in the car and he takes the iPod out puts his iPod in we've got four hours in the car together doesn't apologise just sits there like shuffling through his music and he had 
fucking terrible music taste as well. Standard. Like, I mean, this is in the time before Mumford and Sons. Right. But I yeah, imagine yeah, yeah. he'd like Mumford and Sons. Like Frank Turner or uh, Gay Trouble for, for oh, bad I like Frank, Frank Turner. Turner. Frank, oh, Frank yeah. Turner, like, Frank Turner's, Frank Turner's music before he was a solo artist I really liked because he's like uh, Million Dead wasn't yeah. it yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also my, um, one of my friends was in Million Dead um, but I've got a lot of friends who know Frank who are friends with Frank Turner and also Frank tweeted about our, the Progress Wembley show so yeah, thanks yeah. Frank um, but like not like Frank's an acceptable level of, of that sort of music for me like but as a rule if you've got a banjos and stuff go away um, uh, <laughs> just not bothered take the banjos away like does ever a music does a musical instrument to make me angry it's a banjo like my wife is any form of jazz she's like she would rather she would rather tuck and roll out of a car on a journey <laughs> than ever listen uh, to jazz. mine's like country music never spend any time with Pete Donnie loves country uh, but but uh, it's country music or folk music see, see it's that folky indie kind of Oh, we're so wistful, and we got a banjo, and now we're going to do some songs about love and flowers. Ah, oh, there was a lot of that shit. Like there was, like I don't think there was a riff. <laughs> there was not a riff in four hours. On the way back, he tried to do the same thing, and I put my hand over his hand and went, "Do you want to walk?" Because I'd literally, and I then had he, he was he was quite an oppressive, tedious human. Because some comedians are, sometimes I am. Um, other story I'm going to tell you uh, involves two comedians and this if you're a comedian listen to this this is a famous circuit story that you already know I'm not going to name the two comedians um, but one of them's Australian um, the Australian comedian is in a car with a English comedian English comedian likes to talk about himself a lot it's not me by the way I'm not English um, so uh, English comedian is talking about himself, talking about himself, talking about himself, and he starts talking about an album that he's recorded. He keeps going on about his album, how good his album is, how amazing his album is, and they're they're driving basically across the Yorkshire Moors or something like that. An Australian comedian goes, oh, "This album sounds pretty good. Uh, how much are you uh, knocking these out for?" And he goes, oh, "Like um, like a tenner." Australian comedian, whilst driving, gets ten pounds out of his wallet, hands ten pounds to English comedian, goes, "Can I have one of those?" And he goes, yeah, sure. Gets one out of his bag, gives a CD to Australian comedian, who immediately winds his window down and throws it out and just <laughs> carries on driving. <laughs> and I love that story. It's a good story. That's <laughs> a very funny story. Um, you definitely met the Australian comedian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I've heard that story before. Yeah. Um, okay, so I was going to save it to last, but I think we've, we have vetoed the, well we've, we've discussed this question prior and we are Jim is happy to answer it uh, Gary Palmer asks not sure if this falls into the don't be a dick category uh, where was the faceless angle going to go and why do you think it didn't work out um, I, I legit can't remember where it was meant to go um, we've joked about it on the podcast a couple of times and um, if you ever see me John and Glenn do Q&A's and stuff we joke about it there because like I think as wrestling promoters we have a fairly decent hit rate of stuff working um, that was a thing that didn't work we uh, we thought it was a clever idea but we had I think the main issue with it was that 
uh, eagle-eyed people amongst you may have realised that it wasn't always necessarily the same people playing the faceless. No. And I think that was the main issue that we had. Eventually, we did. Are fall you into telling it. me it's like the black scorpion? It's like the black yeah, scorpion, yeah, yeah, yeah. but not as obvious. And eventually, we did fall into the, the same four people playing them. Um, uh, and then it, it got better. But then we 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 then made the change. The change was using it as the vehicle to bring Nathan Cruz back and do Cruz and, and Ligero and from that point on it kind of got it got better but I don't like I genuinely we were doing all the mad shit like like the raffle and the putting stuff up in the toilets in the ballroom and stuff like that I can't even remember where it was going um partly because and it's not me not me throwing either of my colleagues under the bus <laughs> but it but it, like it was an idea I was 100% on board with but it wasn't necessarily my idea to start with um, and it's not that I, I've had some fucking terrible ideas that luckily my, my colleagues have stopped me doing. I mean, giving me a job was one of them. I mean, awful. But, um, but yeah, like, I legit can't remember where it was going. Um, but I think we reacted pretty... When we realised it wasn't working, we were like, okay, it's not working. What can we do to fix it? And we fixed it. And then we went on, we got the origin out of it. And I think that ended up being okay. Um, but... Not everything works. Like, it'd be brilliant if when I one day retire from wrestling, I can go, hey, everything we did in progress ever was brilliant. Nah, because it's not. Like, some stuff's better than others. That was not one of our better ideas. Jim, Jim over there. What's it like to have no hair? Is it hot or is it cold? I don't know because I'm not bald. Wow. Wow. Got AstroTurf, though. Um, This is the second time this has happened today. Like, uh, Mark Haskins made a big deal about uh, in the locker room earlier on calling me bold. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't care. Uh, never have. I've been, I've been losing my hair since I was 23 years old. At least, uh, I'm, I'm a realistic enough human being to shape my head. I think you look... I mean, I, I've actually, my hair's quite long at the minute. I've actually got yeah, quite yeah, long yeah, yeah. I think you look perfectly Thanks. like a yob. Um, uh. Pumpkin Spice Chimp. Uh, asks in honour of Roberts leaving progress what's your favourite moment from the cheese board wanker that is Chris Roberts um first time I ever saw him crotch chop oh the best you know like he had a really good crotch chop on him that was good um uh, so that was fun um I think uh him appearing as Clive (laughs) Clive Roberts his dad and, and immediately getting over as a baby face and doing the when he counted at that 1970s show and he did the proper not bending down and hitting the mat doing the proper one there two uh, and everyone just lost their fucking minds and then him having it explained and then rolling oh it was great so good that I'd forgotten how good that was it was really good and also let's not forget he was involved in nearly every world title yeah, match we've yeah. ever had yeah yeah ever had um, of, and always did a great job one of the funniest people backstage as well like genuinely very very likeable hilarious yeah, and just a top bloke who will be very much missed that's why he didn't know he messaged me earlier and said thank you for, for the, the message you put out today but I was like no like we didn't know he was leaving he told us at the end of Wembley that he was going and, yeah. and why and we 100% respect his decision and he's still doing other wrestling stuff he just hasn't really got time in his diary to do us as well as all the other stuff he does and it's a real shame because we love having him around. If he ever changes his mind and wants to come back, we'll have him back with open arms straight away. Um, but um, just love him. Love him. Um, Craig Michael All asks, I went Northern then, Craig Michael All uh, asks, 
uh, how are we going to eat and what floor is the restaurant on? Um, I'm going to answer that with uh, the Japanese way and level 42. Um, it's an Alan Partridge joke. I see. Um, you're welcome. Never watched Alan Partridge. No, uh, it doesn't show me. Um, you, at Jim's Mormon. <laughs> um, pumpkin Spice Matty. There's a lot of Pumpkin Spice people today. Uh, what wrestler wrestlers have impressed you the quickest? And are there any that you... Uh, basically, it took you a while to appreciate. Uh, he says he loves the podcast. Wembley's best night of his life. Uh, but yeah, so what wrestler impressed you the quickest and what wrestler took ages for you to be won over slash impressed by? Matt Riddle impressed me the quickest. Because uh, when you consider that Matt Riddle made his debut for Progress when I think he'd been wrestling for a year and a half. In total, a year and a half. Yeah, and was a god from day one. Um, I saw... I got recommended... He was recommended to us. I watched about three minutes of a video and knew that he'd, he'd do great for us. So he was the quickest to win me over. I normally have to watch two or three matches of someone before I've really made my mind up on them. Uh, I watched three minutes of him and I was I had my mind made up straight away. Because um, you got to bear in mind, he wasn't a huge indie star no, when we no, first no. started using him. Um, and I'm not saying we're the reason he's a star. We're not at all. But uh, we were one of the first companies over here. To, we were the first company over here to start using him. And then uh, everyone else... Um, he just he started getting about and started doing great things um, so Matt will be the one who impressed me the quickest um, quite a famous one from stuff I've said on this podcast is Pete who took a long time to catch on with, with us and uh, like always knew he was good but the when he first appeared for us like we didn't use him for a couple of years after that just because you know we we at the time didn't think it was a finished article and then when he came back to us not only was he the finished article we wish we'd used him before because he was the best and now I mentioned this when I did the little thing going through lists last week he's the best wrestler on the planet right now and you know it goes to show as well that you can't just in wrestling there's a lot of people this is a Jim Cornette syndrome I think there's a lot of people who just decide that they think something about someone and that's it forever and I don't think you can ever do that like if we'd have been set in our ways with Pete and gone no we're never going to use him because we used him back then and and he was fine but no 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 we absolutely needed to change our mind we listened to what everyone was telling us about him that he was absolutely out of this world and then as soon as like what three or four months after he came back to us he was world champion like that tells you how good he was like and I I cannot say enough good stuff about that Uh, my famous story is uh, about uh, being wrong about someone is Zach Gibson uh, the first time I ever saw him wrestle uh, was against Sam Bailey and he was the worst wrestler I had ever seen genuinely the drizzling uh, fast forward a few years later he turns up in Future Shot Wrestling in the 5th anniversary show uh, and he's on my team um, we're both wearing CM Punk-esque shorts uh, there's a photo out there it's hilarious uh, and match starts and I was like oh you got better and then he became continue to get better and better you look um, at the difference between Gibson chapter one Zach yes, Gibson yes. and Gibson now fuck me he's good but what's even funnier is I didn't just make that mistake once I made it twice because um, in Future Shock Jack Gallagher and Zach Gibson wrestled for the Future Shock Championship in the main event it was a face versus face match and the initial plan after that match was Gallagher was going to turn heel on Gibson and then someone else was going to cash in and win the title um, and it basically got decided that 
Gibson should turn heel and Gallagher should be the babyface. And I remember going, that'll never work. The show after, he got a promo wearing a Progress t-shirt going on about how he couldn't attend the show because he was too busy elsewhere. And I was like, I was wrong again. So now, every time Zach Gibson does anything or says anything, I'm like, yes, Mr. Gibson, you are true. But also, this is, I think, a really important thing, I think, for people to consider in the world of wrestling, whether you're doing a job like I do or, or whatever. You have to be able to admit when you were wrong. Like... Oh, I'm wrong all the time. And, and I'm pretty good at doing it, like... You know, not everything I suggest is good. Not everything I suggest works. You know, both within the company between the three of us, or when the, we actually put the products out there, like not everything's great. Like you're very deluded if you think everything you do is great. And I just, I think if you get, if you are willing to admit when you're wrong, then you tend to get the averages right of, of being right. So that, that's my idea anyway. Like I, I'm very good at going. Oh, I was wrong. And just apologising and getting on with it. Like, um, we're only human. Like, you can't get everything right. Wise words from an indecent man, as a rapper <laughs> once said. I like you controlling the market. Uh, I love it. This should be the regular setup. Uh, Dylan Shah uh, asks If you could book Rhea Ripley in progress for a one off match, who would you like her to face? A lot of Rhea Ripley love tonight. I like it. Uh, Tony Storm. Be, right, be, it? Yeah, be well good. Uh, Tony Storm or Jordan Grace or Ginny or Millie Mc... Like, they'd all work, yeah. but I think Tony's the, the most obvious one to, to leap out. I like it, maybe the Aussies fight. Uh, Jack Lysel, uh list any terrible thing you'd rather do than face a Volta one-on-one. Um, I mean, luckily, never going to happen. Uh, not a wrestler. Um I don't know. So here's the thing. If you said to me, um, if you said to me, like, how much money? If it, let's say wrestling was a shoot, right? <laughs> let's say wrestling was a shoot, and like Walter's the champion of terrifying shoot wrestling. You, you, not a trained fighter, Walter, a trained fighter. Yeah. How much money? Bearing in mind, if it's a real fight, someone's going to stop it when it gets too bad. How much money for you to take that fight? A la Homer Simpson when he's fighting his way through the boxcar league. Not much though, but like, you should know this by now, there's something a little bit not wrong with me, and I, I, I'm, I've got a little bit of like, ah, oh, what's the worst that could happen until I'm... So l- I, I'm I, willing, I willingly got hit with a chair several times, hit with a cricket bat, yeah. and knocked the fuck out and lost some hearing, because, yeah. because I, I, I was... Too lazy and too co- uncoordinated to learn how to do it for real. Uh, to learn how to do it in a work safely work way, so I just got murdered. So like, I, I'd be like, I don't want to ever take a Walter chop. Yeah. But if I had to take one, right? So for the good of my company, I would take. One. What's minimum wage now? What's annual minimum wage? Like Seven pound eighty an hour. I've never employed anyone at minimum right, wage, okay. so I don't know. So what about like, like twelve or four between twelve and fourteen grand? I'd be like, yeah, I'll have a go. I don't know, like, if I could buy a car with the money. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? If it, I could buy a decent look, car, the NHS, a better than a Fiat. The NHS still exists at the minute, all right, and they're very good at their job, and I love and support them, so they'll take care of me, and I'll be, like, 12 to 14 grand richer. Here's the weird thing, right? I kind of like the idea of the crowd, the crowd reaction of, of 
taking something like that. Like I like the crowd reaction of being hit with a chair. I know it sounds stupid, but it'd be different now. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it's fine. Um, right, Blakey on the buses. It is. Why am I no, doing such old man jokes? Oh my god! Welcome to the sixties, um, Blakey. Uh, who should be the next star to come up from NXT? So from NXT to the main roster. <clears throat> uh, I think Tommaso, really, because yeah. <clears throat> I think he's the best villain in all of wrestling. I just think he's he's an absolute superstar. Oh, yeah. Or Velveteen. I was going to say I Velveteen. Velveteen. I think yeah, Velveteen. Yeah. There's so much about. I look at Velveteen and see so much Shawn Michaels in him. Like I think he's got the ability to be the next, the next sort of HBK sort of yeah. sort of level character. I think he's uh, he's absolutely special. But then again, people can come up from NXT and shock you. Like who remembers when they did the draft and Alexa Bliss got yeah, called up and everyone went example, yeah, and yeah, everyone yeah. went yeah Alexa Bliss. Oh yeah, well look at her now. She's absolutely wonderful. Uh, Jobby Dove I believe that is uh, this is a great question this is the one I saw before and I was like yes uh, yourself and Matt in a six man tag you each get one comedian and one current wrestler as partners who do you pick uh, comedian now we're going like is the comedian gonna be is the comedian gonna be doing acts of violence oh, or yeah, is the comedian he's... or is the comedian Going to somehow be doing comic relief because um, <laughs> we're basing it on good comic ability or who I think is going to be really good. It's in your the fight. choice. It's your choice. I mean, if it's anyone that's good in a fight, I'm picking Sully O'Sullivan, um, who, who is our mate, because uh, he is he's he's seen some things. Or maybe Danny Sutcliffe. <laughs> I uh, I know who I'm going to pick though. Who? Tony Jameson. You see how much CrossFit that lad it does? does do a lot of CrossFit. Yeah, his overhead press is well good. He does do a lot of CrossFit. I would, uh, I would pick comedian-wise. I would probably, uh, I probably pick. Oh, this is hard. Yeah. This is genuinely hard. Do you know? Do you know it'll be good? A quite a sensible pick. Dara Breen. He's rangy. He's Irish. I'm going to pick Nathan Caton because okay, he's been in yeah, loads yeah, of progress yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. He's he's fairly he's a fairly big lad. Yeah, I think yeah. he gets the concept of wrestling. Oh, I, lo- I love um, this. Always the always the booker. Yeah, and um, and then we got to pick a wrestler each. Uh, Walter again. <laughs> Walter. All right. He's going to well, chop you to death. Well. I'm going to pick Timothy Thatcher because who doesn't want to see me Tony Jameson and Timothy Thatcher in a unit what I love is it just looks like it just looks like the gradual erosion of muscle as you go (laughs) down the line Tim made of granite Tony does crossfit Matt mm. (laughs) can't eat bread Matt's also here Um, (laughs) Matt turned up yay (laughs) we'll be called cross camp is what Nice. Uh, yeah, so you've got a name and everything. Yeah, we've got Brandon. Um, uh, oh, okay, that's a good question. Yeah, it was. Uh, Elaine asks, Evening, guys. Uh, what match and what show do you go to when feeling like shit and wrestling is the only cure? Safe journey. Uh, either this year or last year's Super Strong Style 
or ECW Heatwave 1998 oh. or Money in the Bank 2011 nice or uh, I like Halloween Havoc shows from WCW in particular it's 96 which has got Ray and uh, 97 97 yeah because that, that was going to be my choice too as a go to match uh, that or Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Angle from SummerSlam 2003 nice. it's the opening match it's the, the greatest opening match of any wrestling show in my opinion um, because they tore the house down it's the one where they just go for the sprint and Ray appears behind Kurt Angle does a springboard into the oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah not much. Um, <laughs> I also don't like uh, so I, I oh, watched, WrestleMania X7 yeah good shot um, so uh, I rarely choose progress not because I don't love the matches because I absolutely just, just adore just noting this on your permanent record no no no, no. no. The, the reason why I don't I, I don't always choose progress is because I don't like actually listening to my own commentary um, because like I, I, I one of the reasons I never used to be able to watch the shows when I was yeah. playing comms I hated it it's because because it, I really want to enjoy the match but the problem is if I hear my own voice and I hear myself doing commentary I start critiquing myself mm-hmm. um, so it always takes me a while to watch shows back um, also I cried uh, two and a half weeks later because uh, I didn't cry at Wembley or any point so, around it <coughs> Wembley a, thing so John messaged when John we obviously have a WhatsApp group because it's 2018 and a WhatsApp group between the three of us and he was like I've cried so many times John's a very emotional robot oh yeah, yeah. And he's, he has, he's, the, he's, the, he's the crier out of the three of you and, he, and he's like I've cried so many times watching this back he says you guys are going to be in tears when you watch it I didn't cry when I watched it I was just pleased I was just like oh it was a good show it was fucking long yeah oh it's long so I because I kept on joking with uh, Adam who does social media I was like I've got a really ugly cry in me it's going to come soon Uh, and and Glenn got quite emotional about Doug Williams and uh, various wrestlers I never yeah yeah but so I, I, I I forgot about it and then I was like oh I should probably watch that main event back and just burst into tears the minute the match started because I was like this was special and also I was really proud of myself and I was like oh good it was um, I'm super proud of the show it's a great show yeah, yeah. like that main event it's a weird else, it's but... a weird it's a weird experience mm. um, yeah but I, I, the only time I got really like close to being emotional on the show was um, like my wife and my my wife and my son came in the interval we went down to ringside so I could have some photos taken with them and stuff and my wife just went oh, it'd be great if your mum saw this and that, that was the only time and she didn't do it it was just yeah. like because I missed my mum so yeah. like but even then I don't I don't get I don't cry very often I'm a bit like which is weird because I, I think I'm very in touch with saying whether I'm happy or sad or whatever yeah, yeah. Um, and whether I love something or whether I don't love something yeah. I just don't oh you've nearly you've nearly got me a few times on progress show but I don't get him like, and I mean all that stuff I say in the ring it's not said for the sake of it like but I just don't get choked up I got a little bit choked up at the start of the show today when I, I tried talking about Leicester and I've done it a couple of times when I've, I've talked about things like when I've talked about Trav in the ring uh, Chris Travis in the ring and, yeah. and stuff like that stuff like that gets to me but I tend to power through it like I like I, I read stuff at my mum's own funeral like because people went you're a performer you can talk <laughs> probably not yeah. the best day <laughs> and I, I read stuff yeah. out and I was fine and I did jokes and stuff and it's like it, it, I, I I don't think I get as emotional as other people I get emotional like my son falls over I'm destroyed but but so far, I'm, should I'm be so clumsy I know <laughs> should learn that I'm tripping him up <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Right. You ready? Yeah. Matty ID 
asks, who invented the skip? Now, I don't know if he means the metal container that you put building waste in or the skip as in like the hop, skip and jump. Uh, but my answer to both is Chris Candido. Good. Uh, my answer is Mr. KP, who invented the melt-in-the-mouth prawn cocktail flavour crisp skips that shouldn't in any way be nice but are nice. No fish-flavoured crisps should ever be nice. Discuss. Um, yeah, it is a fair point, man. I, prawn cocktail crisps. Prawn, a prawn cocktail is a revolting thing anyway. Mm-hmm. You're going to get some prawns, you're going to put them on old iceberg lettuce, mm-hmm. then you're going to put a mixture of mayo and ketchup on them and pretend it's ritzy. Hey, some more crisp-based banter <laughs> is a sentence I never thought I'd yeah. say. Uh, I, I discovered today via Vicky Haskins, a very lovely Vicky Haskins, that Cheetos are vegan. Uh, yeah, but not flaming hot ones. No, uh, nor Which American my wife, my, ve- my vegan wife, discovered uh, when we were in America on holiday. Damn you, vegan gods. Uh, yeah, apparently the American ones aren't vegan, but the British ones are. So they go- Being a vegan in America is hard, by the way. My wife will attest to this. It's really hard to eat anything ever. I mean, didn't James Brown write a song about that? Vegan in America. What's happened to you? I don't know. It's getting late. Uh, Heather... It's past midnight. Oh, no, it's early for us. Uh, Heather O'Connor asks, very politely, uh, what's your favourite heel turn? Uh, Jimmy Havoc on me. Um, if it's not in progress, that, that's the that, that's the best heel turn in, in progress ever. Shortly followed by Eddie Dennis, his heel nice. turn. Yeah, yeah. Like they're they're great. Um, uh, my favourite heel turn outside of progress is Tommaso Ciampa on Johnny Gargano. Uh, so I've got an obscure answer to this. Uh, it's Joey Hayes turning on Damon Lee at a GPW show that was probably close to 14 years ago. Because at the no, he turned on TJ Kane who uh, wrestled uh, for a little bit as Jervis Carnbelly uh, in Shikara and, and various other places. Um, yes, because Joey Hayes at that time had never been healed. He was literally the epitome of like a baby face and a very young teenage me was shocked and, <laughs> I, and, I, and I was or oh, as the the, the, the the cool people say now was shook um, also yeah. uh, Paul Robinson turning on Will Ospreay yeah yes great like, show. Um, yeah, yeah. way back in the day in that tag match that was pretty cool from a progress point of view but yeah Tommaso Ciampa uh, Tommaso Ciampa's heel turning NXT takes yeah because takes some beating mm-hmm. Ian Wood asks no more Nando's or no more salted caramel monster um so uh probably I could live without the salted caramel monster because it genuinely makes me jittery I mean I like having it but whenever I go to America someone a lovely fan will come and give me like four cans of it and then I'll have to get on a flight the next day so I have to drink it all that day um, so if you ever see me give me one can I only ever have one like today I've had one can of Monster I had one can of Monster that took me between 7am and 1 in the afternoon to drink in total like it's one of those resellable resellable ones but it's kind of zero calorie Monster and it took me 6 hours to drink um, and I'm still really awake how still we doing this but I'm still really awake like how many miles are we from your house now we are 24 miles from your house yeah. we were 120 miles away when we started this podcast so like sorry like, John it's another long one um, so yeah so I don't have loads and loads of caffeine whereas um, Nando's I really really like mushroom and halloumi burgers so you know and their chips are great 
So they are, they are banging. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, peas are good too. Not vegan though, macho peas. No. Just a little tip for everybody. Good. Um, Mr. Neon Picks asks a really interesting question. I think, uh, logistically speaking, what was the toughest part of putting on the Wembley show, and were there any spanners? Uh, that affected your vision for the show I really like that question that's a good question man um, John's a better person to answer this than me because John does most of the logistical stuff um, what I would say is that when you hire an arena like Wembley you, you have to bring all the stuff in so we had to bring in the screen and the lights and the only thing that was there is the seats we had to bring in everything like that is both a logistical nightmare and an incredible expense way more than hiring the venue is and hiring the venue, as you can probably gather, it's Wembley Arena, it's in London, was not cheap. So um, so that's that's a logistical nightmare. The thing I, I've talked about as well on the podcast before, uh, the whole you get fined if you go over your curfew and it's several thousand pounds, like, like that's not something we have a problem with at the ballroom. They'd be mildly annoyed with us if we overran at the ballroom, but they're not that. They like us and we've been there for years, so they're fine. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think the, the biggest logistical problem with Wembley is because it's such a bigger venue everyone's entrances took a minute longer yeah yeah and I know that might not sound like a lot like legit only one match really overran at Wembley um, before the main the main event we just said the main event could go as long as he wanted Um, but only one match before that overran and that was the Thunder Bastard which we'd given a time to but we expected it to overrun by five minutes and I think it overran by ten in total but even then we shouldn't have been like the show shouldn't have been as over as it was but a lot of it was um, a lot of it was setting stuff up and to set stuff up we were playing those promo videos so we could set stuff up and maybe we could do a bit less of that uh, but also we just we should have allowed more time for entrances yeah. um, like because that's just it's just a bigger ramp and it sounds really daft but at the ballroom you're literally down some steps you're in the ring Yeah. even though the ballroom's quite big for an indie wrestling venue a regular one you're there as soon as you come down the ramp and I think that's the thing that we didn't take into account and also everybody on their exit wanted to, it's Wembley everyone if they'd won wanted to celebrate for ages everyone who'd lost wanted to sell losing like like it's stuff like that that you don't necessarily think about because n- no one views it as just another show typical Doug Williams eh Mick I'm uh, milking it eh yeah. he's allowed to he was, we, we'd allow for that <laughs> yeah, but yeah it was weird when we realised how far over we'd gone and we went back and looked at it we were like it must be an accumulation of everything because nothing that we planned went stupidly over we timed everything uh, Neil's Neil Adshead uh, asks do you guys ever take notice of the smaller promotions around the country there are some really great stuff local to me uh, I checked his Twitter it came up as Rotherham so yeah. Sheffieldy area um, so yeah is there any smaller promotions do you guys keep keep an eye out for that um I mean, yeah, because one of my jobs. So yeah. one of my jobs is to watch as much wrestling as possible. So, um, uh, like, I, I I go out of my way to watch wrestling. I, I tend to I tend to see more stuff at moderately big. Like, I went a few shot the other day. I go to Fight Club Pro a lot. I'll go. If people invite me to a show, I'll go. To, I'll try and go to a show. It just depends on other life stuff. So, you know, uh, progress work, other work, and um, and having a life. Um, but I try and watch as much wrestling as possible and also you, like to get booked at Progress or Fight Club Pro or Attack or you have to be of a certain level yeah. and sometimes you want to see for some like natural progression series I want to see people 
who who aren't quite at that level yet because that's the whole point of it. Um, so so things like that I think are interesting. I know that John in London there's a lot of cool sort of smaller promotions like Hustle, which is run by Sid Scala. Like yeah. I, know that, um, I think John and Glenn, either John or Glenn, went to that recently. Um, obviously, there's um, Will's promotion, Frontline, which uh, I know the boys went to as well. Um, harder for me because I live in the Welsh countryside. Um, I do get invited to shows in like places like Denby and Rill and stuff all the time, but often it's when I'm unfortunately when I'm busy. Um, but but yeah, like I'm a, I think I'm probably aware of every promotion in this country. Yeah. Like I just might not talk about them all the time. No, no. But well, I text it, you all the time though. Yeah. Like, I'll be like, oh, there's such and such and such and such. But it's, just on this and but it's that. part of my part of my job is to know as much as I can about wrestling in this country so I'm normally aware of like any given day I pretty much know every show that's running whether it's if it's really really tiny I might not know if it's like you know if it's if it's a show with someone pretending to be Kane I'm probably not that aware of it but as a rule half decent indie I, I probably know um, and I've got you know if I can go and watch them I'll go out of my way to do it We've only got one question left. Um, shocker. Uh, it's from Tim. It's a solid question. What car adapters, uh, car adapter plugs are you using? Uh, at the minute, none. None. We're, we're uh, just renegades. So, uh, Bluetooth is a thing uh, for a start. So, um, yeah, we don't need to use any because i got Bluetooth on the go with my phone. Um, uh, and I put new batteries in the recorder before we started out. Uh, and we are fueled by the love and passion of our friendship and wrestling. Have you refreshed the questions? Are we not we're definitely not? Yeah, yeah, I've done it three wow. times, mate. Three Good times. lad. Look yeah. at that. You've learnt well. Um, thank you for your questions, though, everybody. Um, genuinely appreciate it. Thanks for helping keep us awake. Like this is something like every now and again we have these car journeys. I think it's quite a nice thing for us to do, isn't it, isn't it Matthew? Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. It was good. Uh, kept me out of trouble. Um, I mean, which we do need to do. Um, from time to time um, uh, but no thank you everybody for your questions much appreciated uh, we're just getting to the juncture where we're meant to get off which does seem to be closed <laughs> which feels like the most stereotypical way for us to end this journey is to realise we can't actually yeah. get off the M6 uh, brilliant this is the bit where like this podcast descends into like a, a Blair Witch project-esque like just random cuts of us going back and going <laughs> oh no I think we can I think we can get off. Okay. Yeah, we can get off. Oh. oh. It's junction 19, you see. Yeah. Normally I get off at 20 because I get on the M56. No, 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 no. 19. Um, Matthew, do you need to plug anything? Feel free to plug some stuff if you do. Um, I don't have to, but you can follow me on Twitter at emrichshost. I'm on Instagram as well. That. Um, yeah, just come and say hi. I'm, I'm going to be doing a little bit less wrestling now that I've finished up with Fight Club Pro. Um I probably should take this opportunity to thank them for two and a bit of the best years possible um, and, and I love them genuinely very dearly uh, Trent and, and, and Zaki especially for giving me an opportunity and let me do my little thing and I'm really thankful for it and uh, they are They're, I know we like to say progress is one big family but I think it extends to Fight Club Pro as well. And, it always makes me feel... I always yeah. feel part of it when I go down there. Yeah. They're, good, they're good people, very good friends of ours. Yeah, so <clears throat> nice one for that. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm always knocking around at shows. If, if we're in progress, come and say hello. And Yeah, that's pretty much it. Nice. Uh, my stuff to plug. Uh, jimsmallman.com slash book. Buy the book for the love of God. Um, uh, I'm just doing... You know that, that thing in The Simpsons? 
There's three types of advertising that, that join the Navy advertising. Yeah, yeah. There's three types of advertising. Uh, subliminal, liminal, and superliminal. They're like, okay, what's superliminal? <laughs> it just opens a window and goes, hey, join the Navy! <laughs> <laughs> the guy just goes, okay. I just have visions of you uh, in an Alan Partridge-esque situation where you're selling your book in a train station. Um, I mean, it's going to happen. Um, um, and... But yeah, buy the book. Um, progresswrestling.com, demand-progress.com. Um, uh, yeah, do all that. Watch wrestling and enjoy it. Whatever you want to watch, just watch it. It's all good, isn't it? Um, uh, but it does help me if you watch progress, uh, especially through legal means. But um, but yeah, but just watch what you want and be happy because wrestling's nice. Wrestling's made me happy today, so cheers. Um, and obviously support everything on the Distraction Pieces Network because it's all great. That's it. Um, good work, Matt. Thanks. Um, good night, everybody. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.